Hello, and welcome to The Process, a podcast about creative people and their creative processes. I'm Kevin Hugerworth. I'm John Lee. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Here's my list of demands list of, of demands. myself. Kevin, uh, he, he sat down. He wrote down a monthly. He's well, going. It's, he's trying it's to, like my vision. It's like it's my like vision, vision board. board. Yeah, 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 but it's just a list on, of stuff that I want. Yeah. Well, you're then, trying to like budget. Well, that that was the next finances. page. The next yeah. page was monthly expenses. Can I see this? If you don't oh mind. boy, yeah. great. Because <laughs> every time I do this, it's gonna be embarrassing. Every time I do this, I'm like, oh, here are my monthly expenses. How much do I need to put away to save? I'm always like way optimistic about my fun money. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like twenty dollars. Oh, I put in a month for fun. I put in two hundred dollars for weed, and that was being conservative <laughs> so i just that was like an estimate <laughs> and um, i put lol next to it what so. is other debt question mark oh i don't just, just the, like the money i might owe my shrink stuff you owe john okay. basically I, don't, gotcha. I also don't know the amounts per month I, I just have to work out a bunch of payment plans uh food plus necessities i basically just owe money i have to figure out how much per month i'm paying <laughs> off those and i don't know yet so guessing games two hundred dollars on games a i just month? know i have a weakness john i uh, this wasn't monthly? no this no. this isn't the budget yet this is me <laughs> assessing how much i probably tend to spend per month already these are like new video games you spend yes. every month oh my gosh that's that, but that's, that's like that's, that's like crazy. I, I overestimated so that like if i over you went conservative with the week and, and then here's so okay. here's the things let's that see I your want. vision board here's <laughs> list of demands of myself uh, a notebook laptop capable of running Adobe Creative Cloud. That's for right. the process, John. That's for the John. process, yeah. That's for and both of us. It's for me, yeah. too. It's so I yeah. can go right, like, so I can go to a coffee shop without bringing my desktop in, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which we all know you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to be able to run, well, ideally, it'll be able to run Adobe so, right. uh, programs. Anyone knows that have any good deals? Okay. Smaller USB soundboard. That's actually for you, John. That's for me, yeah. That's <laughs> I for mean, me. it's yeah. also that's I, on your vision board. <laughs> I'm supposed to buy that. I, it's something that I want to buy, too. Right. Um, no, that's something I, yeah, we should minivan in parentheses moms. My right. mom is trying to get rid of her minivan. <laughs> I, I want it. Uh, I like minivans. That's minivan? my dream. Yeah. That's my dream car. My really? dream car is like a state of the art, like has Blu-ray surround sound. <laughs> a like, minivan? What, a crazy... Are you your car? Do you own your car or is it? Uh, like... I technically own it. Yeah. Gotcha. I would like, I would trade it. Like my, I just know my mom wants a new car. She probably doesn't want my car, but gotcha. I'll, I'll probably so sell your other car. Sell mine, and then I think Get I'll buy, buy. I might have to buy it off my parents, but I want the minivan. I can because you, you can, can rock a minivan because you yeah. can like fit like. A, so I, I want to get a trailer. <laughs> that's the next one. So trailer. Just live in a and tent. I've, well, I've been looking. <laughs> that's on rent. it's lit, lit, yeah. legitimately what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been looking at trailers. I mean, obviously, like the best ones are like the uh, what you mean call it the. Uh, uh, I know this. The Airstreams. Airstreams? The Airstream okay. triggers. The, the, they're like the silver bullet ones. And they oh, got like the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like those are a billion dollars. So. Right. I was looking because I've been I've had this dream for like a year now. <laughs> is it a dream? Or it's a is dream. It lower this is like the highest <laughs> I can achieve. Right. Well, land amongst uh, the stars. <laughs> and. Uh, and that I, would be like. All, that would be I your... want like the separate bedroom where I can fit a full. Full size mattress, which is my current mattress, right. so I can just throw my full size mattress in, and then I don't really care how big the common space is, as long as I mean not common space. <laughs> the common space. space. <laughs> the I common have a space. Good living room. Gotta have, I gotta be able to fit my recliner in there. Yeah. No, I just I. Uh, the living space, I want it to have uh, a bathroom with a shower in it, which is just like the one where you sit down and you like, right. have, but I, I want a bathroom. <laughs> I want like a separate bathroom with a separate kitchen and then like the back room. But though you can actually get, because they, 
man. Right. These fucking engineers, John. So you don't pay geniuses. rent? You just they, like live in a trailer? Because it's your address. Yeah. It's well, a private domicile, as we all know from Breaking Bad Season 3. Like, oh, is it? Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't know yeah, that. It's like an actual it. place that you can live. So yeah, that, that they that's can't, what I like, want to do. I don't know. I just want to go around nice, pretty places and or like friends' houses where right. they have space that I can plop how down. How much would trailer. you save on rent every month? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's it's the perfect. It's the perfect point because you got you got to pay for like wear and tear still and sure. stuff. But uh, All right, what else you got on your board? <laughs> yeah, so my board, uh, a dog. Okay, but that's oh man, no, that's, I got I got kind of dog? I got to stabilize. Right. Uh, so I usually like my default because I right. would just I would go Do to you a like shelter. Small dogs or big dogs. Um, I like small dogs. I, I grew up with a small dog. You grew up with a small dog. I grew up with a giant horse oh, dog. What? But he was like a garbage dog. <laughs> and, like I loved what was him, his name? Buddy. Buddy. I loved him, but he's a real <laughs> garbage. A, like a you, garb- if you pet him, he was a real garbage. Like when you pet him, you smell your hand. Your hand right. smells like trash. Oh, like Just, literal trash garbage. Not like, not literally, okay. but like. God, he had the gr- he was stupid. Right. He smelled bad, and then if you touched him, it made you smell bad. Right. Weird dog. I love your current dog, Cora. Yeah. She's a no, exactly. And, she uh, is main the definition of mangy, like Cor- a mangy mutt. Like. <laughs> Cora is like my ideal puppy, and I, she's like not a puppy anymore. Right, but yeah. I think of her as a she's puppy. a pup. But like a, a little. Uh, I don't like the really tiny dogs, but I like her. She's like perfect. She's like on the big end of small dog. I either want the big end of small dog or like the small end or like the the medium end. The of, big end I don't of small know. dog. No, I, I don't like. It sounds like you're trying to. It I, like, no, I would either just get a mutt, a little scruffy tiny mutt, or I would get uh, like a pit bull because I just, really love pit bulls. It sort of sounded like you were getting ready to eat a dog. You're no. like, I want the big end of the small no. dog. <laughs> <laughs> I really like pit bulls though, so I would love to get like, and that would make me feel safe, you know. If I'm in the middle of the woods, it's just me and my dog. I don't want. Cora. I don't know because dogs take on the personality of their owners. I don't know if your dog would take on like this protection mentality. <laughs> no, he would, or she. I don't know, or it, it's an animal. Whatever. Uh, MIDI keyboard slash controller, so I can get my. For... Uh, I mean, it's just so I can do like digital instrumentation on gotcha. my music. Anyways, and last but not least, John drew my attention. Am I going to keep this whole thing? This is so long. Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. We need one. All right. Who do we got today, John? We got comedian Travis Nelson, founder of Suck, Seattle comedian. And we join them in a conversation already in progress. Bad Photoshop. Now we got it. We got it. Uh, So we were just talking about the Vancouver show. When you go to Vancouver, Canada, do you have to like... I was gonna ask you: Do you have to preface your jokes with like in the states it's like this, or do you? Or just, there's no tweaking to your act. You Sometimes, yeah, yeah. There's little part like uh, <laughs> I and it and it's uh, it's tough for me because a lot of my jokes are just uh, I, there's a you know there's a setup and there's a punchline, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of wiggle room in the middle. So I kind of just like play around with throwing different things in. Right. And I've been saying something about Walgreens, and then I, I said it at one show, and then everyone afterwards was like, "There's no Walgreens in Canada, you idiot, <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> you do some research. How do you not know that? Yeah. What's the Walgreens?" Canada Walgreens equivalent. Shoppers. Shoppers. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Apparently it's shoppers. And do you just pretend like you know what shoppers is? Or oh, yeah. Like, the, it's the, called the, after that, I was like, ah, yeah. oh, you guys know shoppers? shoppers? <laughs> I was like, shoppers. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never been there. Uh, so you were at Laugh Lines. You were featuring for Brad Upton. Yeah. Um, when, you're, when you're featuring, do you like... 
But you, you got know, like right into the interview. I know. I'm just like yeah. right that's away. Just, he's like I'm very interesting. He's more interesting what. than most of our guests. By the way, by the way, I want to guess. I'm not even going to correct you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be humble. Yeah, you got it right. Uh, I want to say anyone who's listening to this, I hope you respect how much uh, effort these guys are putting in to this. No, no, no. For this, they, they have a setup that looks like if you got into trouble, you could sell it and be okay for yeah, a while. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's true. I am in true. trouble and I haven't sold and it we yet. Haven't so. sold it. Yeah. Oh my god. I my my setup. I lay on a couch and I like yeah. set a recorder on a bag of chips. Well, I appreciate thank you. that. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's, 30 guests, no one's ever said that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Listen up, guys. Appreciate the hi-fi quality yeah. of this. Yeah. Well, and, and hello, Travis. I've been like frantically scurrying because I uh, for classic me forgot the time. Oh, I just kicked in the door. I was like, <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah, you, well, you like walked by and I was like, Hitting the pipe, <laughs> you walk by, oh, yeah. and you're, you're like looking around, like, oh. and I was like, oh, that what's this, what's that this guy doing? Lost. Uh, yeah. I, I'm like glad that I'm having just a uh, relaxing day. <laughs> like and, you didn't do research. Yeah. You're like, Who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and you walk back, and, and I'm like, oh no! Yeah, you're yeah, like, I'm yeah. here for the podcast that can only be me. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. only. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're looking for a different house. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, from from humble beginnings, you uh, did you found. Did you find suck? I did. Stand up comedy club, Western Damn. Washington people definitely members of that club definitely listen to this podcast. An icon. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's so funny. Like, there's no way anyone knows that I did that because it was so long ago and right. there's no records of anything. But <laughs> uh yeah, it was me and Justin Shepard, who mm -hmm. I think he still does comedy. He was like he was a road comic in Colorado, and then he went to Western to uh get an acting degree. Right. And then he was just like, let's do some stand up. Yeah. Because we there was there's a few people doing it and uh yeah, we just like threw the. I had to go to like meetings with right. the student government yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it was or whatever. Weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man. Tell us about like what what the club was like and what how how like you <laughs> some of the comedians you started to come up with in in Western. Oh yeah, so uh, when I started, you know what I and I mean it's probably just the haze of time makes it seem like it was way better, but like right. back then, man, for a minute. Uh, I was like, whoa, we got some good comics because Justin uh, Shepard was really funny. Uh, we had Jim Allen. We had Jessica Seeley. They both still do comedy. Mm -hmm. Alex Nelson, who I actually just had coffee with the other day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is, he's uh, he's doing more music now. But right. um, there was this guy named Joe Volk who was hilarious, mm -hmm. but right. he was a he wasn't even a student. He was a teacher. Uh -huh. And he was, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, That's awesome. he was That's amazing, awesome. but uh, he wound up getting married and moved uh, right. away and just kind of gave it up. But yeah, that guy was, he was one of them. He was so funny. He was a teacher. That's um, so funny. Yeah. And then, uh, and then later on, Isaac uh, Summers and Cole yeah, Fenchin yeah. came uh -huh. in. Yeah. And you. Yep, um, yep. But yeah, at first it was just craziness because we just started. And it was one of those things where sometimes you, you realize there's a there's a, a vacancy and you fill it. And then you're just like, oh, there's not really any rules. I can just right, do whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like you're all learning it together. So no one's really there keeping you accountable for yeah. things. Just like you don't know what good is or bad is. You're just like. Kind of going up with whatever. At the, at the beginning, it was just us showing, like, hanging out in classrooms after hours, just being like, what are we doing? <laughs> How are we, we going to do this? What was the Bellingham comedy scene like at the time? There wasn't was really there one. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was, well, there was a lot of improv. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh -huh. it was dominated by improv and sketch. Right. That's actually how we started comedy was I was doing the, I don't think, is You Wood still a thing on campus? Uh, it, it, they changed the name to something. I should know this. I don't, I don't it was on our podcast. Uh, shoot. Cut. Wait, nah, what it's was not, it? It's, it was called You Would. Show the show. It's called oh, Show yeah. the Show. Oh, yeah, I that. Yeah, I it's the same thing. It's yeah, called Show yeah, the yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much yeah. nostalgia now yeah. thinking about all this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, but I started off writing, and that's how I met Alex Nelson, is we wrote uh, and, and did a bunch of stuff for You Would. Um, mm -hmm. And then 
stand up kind of popped up on campus. They did they did right. the very first last comic standing. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, and then from then on, it was just that got everyone together under, like, one roof. And we're all like, oh, so we all want to do stand-up? Right. Well, we're doing it now. Yeah. And uh, we were going around. We would do, um, God, man, some of the mics were brutal. Because right. we would do, like, uh, is that hookah bar still downtown? No. That was <laughs> the worst one. About, yeah. That was the worst yeah. one. There was a... Uh, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the but... only... The, well, it's shut down now, which is a green... Yeah. yeah, the Green Frog is, like, the only, like, real open mic. For, I thought that closed yeah. down. It closed down, yeah. It closed uh, down, like, okay. like, a month ago. Go. Yeah. Now there's a shakedown, but there was like bad ones like uh, the horseshoe. Yeah, was an I open did the mic horseshoe for a while, um, and the swillery at an open mic. It's just like, one. yeah, it was. You you saved yourself from some <laughs> yeah. pain. Well, the way bad. we did it was we had um, so we had the open mic at the underground coffee house on campus, right? Yeah, and then we had and I, I know no one who didn't go to Western cares yeah. about this, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's exactly what you're thinking. It's okay, like it's perfect. like a, it's like for all the guests, it's like it's a college crowd, and it's like n- there's no real seating. It's all couches, and yeah. they're all like. You know, eighteen year old, they're all like judgmental. That's like doing, very, and doing yeah. their homework and doing their homework. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you had you had that on thing. I think it was like was it Tuesdays or Mondays yeah. or something. Yeah, Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Yeah. Tuesdays. And then um, we could do the the school gave us a monthly show, and we would do pop. This this is the this is the crazy one that I can't believe we didn't do more because it worked so well. The couple times we would just do pop up shows where we would just <laughs> we wouldn't tell anyone because <laughs> the, the campus would. I like, did not know that we would get in trouble if they found out we were doing shows in the classrooms. <laughs> right. And yeah. so what we would do, and I I realized we could do this because Jessica Seeley brought Hari Kondabalu up to campus. Oh really? Yeah, I watched that dude perform. Yeah. And like I I can't remember like one of the halls. He just came in. I right. was sitting in like desks, and he came oh in and just gosh. did his act. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, it was wild up here at that point. And um, we did we did a huge one. Um, so I think like uh, over like 150 people came, and we mm. literally had a pizza box that just said like suggest like pay one dollar to get in or something. Right. <laughs> and we made like a lot. Like all that money went into like the suck, and it kind of like uh-huh. was what allowed us. To do a lot of the stuff we did at the beginning, like that paid for all of our posters. Oh, really? Dang. And, uh, Sucks. Uh, that definitely, their revenue began and ended right there. <laughs> they definitely did not do any of that. Yeah, you guys are yeah. uh, ruining my legacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, cut to like however many years later, now you're yeah. doing comedy full time. Did like your time at Western, like the college jokes, did that inform like your stand up oh, now in any way? Dude, or is I it just still sort of do like some of those jokes. Oh, do you really? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Some uh, of my favorite jokes I wrote in college. Hole in the pocket. Is that? No. Is that cl- that would, no, yeah. that, that's anti-classic. That was, I should never have been doing that joke. <laughs> that was a good one to start with. But, uh, yeah, I, well, once I moved down to Seattle, I realized, like, what you can and shouldn't, like, be trying to, like, professionally joke about. Yeah, so what what kind of carried over then? Like, what, what jokes, like, stood the test of time for you? Well, I think it wasn't so much... Now that I'm thinking about it, because, I I mean, I had some crazy jokes, but it, it, was, it was more for me just... Um, Whatever, whatever worked in front of those audiences and figuring out what worked. But then uh, more importantly, over time, is it was like, which like what of these jokes are me? You know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. that's what becomes important after you've been doing it a while is people, they don't just they're not, they're not just watching you because uh, they want to laugh and they want jokes. I mean, sure, some shows, but um, if you want to have, you know, a, a career eventually, it's about getting people to invest in like who you are. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it's trying to figure out like, OK, who am I? Like what kind of. 
like what kind of voice do I have mm-hmm. and, and all and it's just something that inherently kind of happens over time which right. is cool and that's what ultimately what bookers are looking for too they're like okay yeah, we have like, a lot of tall white guys how are you different from the next <laughs> oh, time well that's yeah. the, the tough thing too man is that uh I mean, I will never complain about being a tall white guy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do I'm it. I'm giving you permission on yeah. this podcast oh, to no, do no. so. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing is like, um, no matter, I, I've had, and um, uh, sorry, I'm just filtering everything I have in, in, in my head. I've, I've, I'm not going to name names, but mm-hmm. I've had three national level bookers right. um, have me like showcase for them. And afterwards, uh-huh. they're like, you're great. We'll book you sometimes. Uh-huh. We wish, uh, they're like, if, if only you were... Um, uh, anything but white uh, or right. a woman. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, we could, we yeah. could use you, but unfortunately, we just have a lot of white guys. And I've right. never been upset about that because, to me, uh, I think it's a good thing. I yeah, think it's a motivator, right? It's well, like I just got to be that much funnier, or is it just sort of like that? Yeah. And to be honest, I think it makes comedy better when you have more viewpoints. Totally, right. and, yeah. it, and it is to me. I'm not. I mean, I've heard a lot. Whenever I you hear guys kind of going off like. Oh man, this and that, and like, oh, there's just only booking. I see it on the like, forums online, just like, right. oh, this show only books women, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. And it's like, well, first of all, <laughs> like, what do you, if you can't get on any shows, like, that's on you. Right? Yeah. yeah. You need to go somewhere else and find shows you can get on. Right. But, um, the other thing is it's a challenge is it challenges you to be better. And I think a lot of people don't want to work hard and they don't want to get better. And when I hear we only book so many mm-hmm. of you, right? Like they, right. they're like, you're this, we only book this many of those. Right. Yeah. They that have like a literal me. quota, like four yeah. white guys, two Asian guys. Dude, yeah. The yeah. clubs are yeah. like that. You look at the calendars and, and they'll actually be like, we need every month we need, you know, we need to book two black guys. We need to book right. three women. Right. We need to book one gay guy or like whatever. That's like yeah, it's just it's weird to like put people on numbers like but that. They but they totally that, that's do. What they do. Yeah. That's how it. Yeah. And it's 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 all it's you know it's it's smart. And I like working those clubs because they are the ones with the best audiences. Because right. yeah. those are the people who care about nuances and interesting points of view and right. takes instead of just going and seeing you know the same fifteen minutes over and over. Right. Again. Yeah. I think audiences want it more than more than they know it or not. Like. The other night at an open mic, the first like nine comics were just white dudes, and then the tenth comic was female comic, and then she didn't do great. Like she like, turned on some new stuff, she bombed, but like it was like a still refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> it was like totally. a refreshing bomb. The, like the audience was just like, "All right, that was always different than the first yeah, well, nine things." There is more to it. I mean, you got to be funny, right? Uh, ultimately, but there <laughs> yeah. there is more to it where it it's it's funny, but also are you compelling? Are you engaging? Sure, what sure. Is, and that's, uh, I think, the exciting thing about comedy, like, as it um, as it kind of, like, evolves, is you're getting, like, all these viewpoints and everything. And I kind of love it because now I can watch uh, comedy from everyone. Right. And it really informs, like, what I'm doing of, like, all right. So, and, and, I'm, and I'm, such a, I'm such a competitive asshole that, like, I, <laughs> I love watching the specials where it's, you're just like, God, this, this, this guy is so great. I just, uh, I just worked with, we were talking about Ivan Decker yeah. from Vancouver. He just did Conan. That guy, you got to check him out. He's so funny. And watching him, it's not like, I've heard comics be like, oh, I'm so jealous. I can't watch this guy. Right. Nah, man, I watch and I'm just, it like fires me and up. You go home like, and start writing immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, I got to yeah. get this guy. I got to. Right. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, and the more, you know, diversity in comedy, it just, you see people telling jokes different ways. You right. see yeah. different styles of humor. And I think yeah. that all just rich, enriches the, uh, the art of it. Exactly. Yeah. I think, is there, what's the right word? 
tension or awkwardness if you don't address your height at the top of the show? Uh, there can be. It's actually something I've never uh, come to terms with. So I'm very tall, if you don't know me. Right, I'm yeah. six foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to do it right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's I one waited, of those, yeah. I was very uh, self-conscious about it when I first started performing, especially mm. like around Seattle. Because right. you know, there's so many open micers and everyone's looking for a reason to tear uh-huh. you down. And one of the things was, especially at open mics, I felt like I couldn't get up on stage because, you know, I'm two feet taller than the last <laughs> right. person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just, like, just you gotta, like, adjust the mic. Like, <laughs> yeah. The host says the same thing every time. Like, come into the stage. He's yeah. tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, tall one. He's like, you're right. Great. Thanks <laughs> for it. And I mean, I, yeah, it, I don't. Sometimes now in Seattle, uh, the, a lot of the spots I go to, people know who I am, so right, I can yeah. pop up on stage, and I don't have to preface it with anything. I can just roll into jokes. Sure. But if I'm doing professional shows, it's tricky because I got to think about, you know, was there someone on stage before me? Is there a way for them to judge how tall I am? Right. Because if there's not, yeah. cool, I can just get on stage right, and yeah. do my thing. Mm-hmm. But if there is. Then I have to. People will interrupt me and be like, right. "Stop! How tall are you? Sure, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy." This you're is, right. Yeah, it's like you're telling some joke about like traffic, and you're just like, "When's he going to mention his height?" It's yeah. like, "Are you really not going to say anything?" Like, and it also, I mean, it is. It's 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 one of those things where I I feel an, a need not to 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 write material about it or make my set about it. But on the, the flip side, you know, you go watch, uh, I was just working with Brad Williams, mm-hmm. uh, who's, he's yeah. a little person and uh-huh. you know, a lot of his jokes, cause that's, and I realized that's, that's the, the lens through you, how you see the world. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I do have people tell me like, Oh, like people say, Oh, you make, you make too many tall jokes. Uh, not really any, uh, uh, I'm thinking of like one time in open mic. I said that to me, and I just about like, of course, it's like find your oh, career. That's a huge yeah. part of my head now. Like that'll never. I don't even do comedy anymore. Every time I brush my teeth, I think about him. Yeah. Oh, that guy just did. No. Uh, well, because it's always uh, any any. Uh, I criticize myself very highly in mm. my head, so it's uh, sure. something I'm always keeping track of. But to be fair, I, I do have. Uh, I mean. And I, I kind of uh, have embraced it recently, right? Because um, I, I realize you can you can talk about you know I'm not going to be a novelty act, uh-huh. but I can talk about that as a part of my life, and I definitely have a lot of I mean that's I try to explain to people like that's such a huge part of my interaction with human beings because you you have to you have to understand. Every time I talk to someone throughout my entire day, the beginning of that conversation is, is how tall are you? Yeah, yeah. Tall are you right. yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't to me, it doesn't seem that weird anymore to get up on stage and be like, I'm I'm this tall. Right. Yeah. And that's all I'll do. A lot of times I don't like I used to try to make it cute. Man, I think that was the problem was making jokes. Sure. Now sure. I just walk up and say six foot nine. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Dude, I'm not joking. When uh, Gabriel Rutledge, who's an amazing uh, comic and uh, I was working with him. And I was kind of struggling off the top because I wasn't I, I sometimes I just the audience is weird and I can't figure out how to address or if they even want me to address it. Because sometimes they're like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> why would you think we care? Yeah. Um, but he was he just kind of like play it up and they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he came up to me and he was like, just walk up and say six foot nine and right. move on. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes yeah, it's, it's a throwaway usually yeah. where it's like, hey, let's it's there. Let's get over it. Here's yeah. my other material. And that's what I do now. And I swear to God, I'll get applause breaks on that. Right. Like I walk up. <laughs> 
I say one thing. I say six foot nine, and I can just take a five second like, like yeah. Well, and, and I'll just say, just from that, I've now pinned down where I saw. Like I remember like distinctly seeing you now, like years yeah. ago, because I remember that part of the set. Like six foot nine. It's yeah. very distinctly. Like, it's it's cool. Um, are you uh, part of com- doing comedy competitions on a regular basis, or what's, um, what's the last one you did? Man, the last one I did was the Seattle International Comedy Competition. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us about like the culture behind comedy competitions? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just another yeah. way to get people to come out and pay to go to shows. Sure. Yeah. That's all every single yeah. show is. I mean, comedy is just selling drinks, essentially. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's how can we get people in, and that that's what makes it so tough is because I mean I think it used to be more rigorous. There was right. you know a few competitions. Um, and uh, I actually just signed up to do the World Series of Comedy this year. But I, I hate comedy competitions because, of course, it's subjective, right? Right, yeah. It's, it's subjective. Uh, there is, but that's where it starts to divide itself. And it gets very frustrating because, you know, comedy is there's an art to it and there's a craft to it. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go down a damn rabbit hole here. Yeah, go <laughs> so for I brought it, it up. Pull me out if you, if you need me to lighten up. But, uh, yeah, I feel like there's an art and a craft. And I feel like um, when you hear, like, alternative comics or right. like stuff like that that's those are people who only really know the art of it and then okay. you hear about like uh, uh main, ro- mainstream or no no not no? even mainstream because okay. here's i'll get into it in a second sure. but like you, you hear about like road dogs or like people like hacks oh okay, and, yeah and i'm just yeah. saying the, right. the two sides you, you, right if you're if you're talking you hear people talking derogatory about comics those are kind of like right. the two ends of the spectrum as you sure. have you know alternative comic right that bombs or you have uh, the hack, right, and the, the hack a lot of times will uh, do very well, right. Um, and and the reason, and then I think that's why the alternative comics hate them so much because right. it's like alternative comedy is not always uh, bad, and it's also not a real right. thing. Alt comedy a lot of times just becomes a catch-all for amateur comedy, sure. Um, yeah. Which because you know honestly, like what's a good alternative comedian? You just call him a, a comedian, right? Maria right? yeah. right. Bamford is right. playing huge theaters, and, yeah, uh, and, and you know. You can be, there's no, I don't feel that there's, if your comedy is good, it's just comedy. Right, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not that uh, qualifier anymore. But what I, what I was trying to, to get at is uh, a lot of times there are comics who just know the craft of it. And those mm-hmm. are the guys, they get called hacks a lot mm-hmm. um, because they, you know, they don't, and I, I'm not, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I'm just trying right. to like, I was thinking about this this morning. I was talking to myself like a maniac and, uh, <laughs> well, you work on the craft of it, which is a lot of little bits, but if you only focus on the craft, you don't focus on the art of it, which uh, is what humanizes like your comedy. Right, so a yeah. lot of times those are the guys that are, they're just like, just anything that gets a laugh, anything. Right, yeah. And then they, they, you know, they know all the little tricks, like right. there's a bunch of little yeah, things yeah, you could uh-huh. do. Which those aren't bad things to know. What you really want to do is uh, you want to have your art, and then you uh, need to know the crafts. Right, and that's mm-hmm. I I oh man, I used to get into huge arguments, and I finally learned just not to engage with a lot of uh, a lot of guys that I kind of started with in Seattle that don't do comedy as much anymore, and they always kind of get they used to get on me about doing road work because mm-hmm. uh, I was I don't think people I can't imagine people still do it, especially even the way I was doing it when I uh, started when I was like twenty four was just. Right. Anything I would drive, like I didn't care. I would just mm-hmm. drive hours and hours out through like Montana, anywhere I had to go to get uh, enough stage time and get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not a reality anymore, which is unfortunate. I mean, you can still do it, but I can't imagine anyone makes money on it because a lot of those, um, 
I think you can. I'm off my. I'm off. Sure. I'm off track. But uh, <laughs> but that's how you get the craft of it in. Right. And then um, you know maybe probably not right away, but uh-huh. like if you do that enough over time, and right. everyone's always like, oh, aren't you worried you're gonna get hacky? And it's right. like, well, no, because I'm an intelligent person. I yeah. know the art. I know <laughs> yeah. the art of my craft. Yeah. Self awareness. The, the craft like, of my key. art. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so how does this play into comp- competitions? Let me know. Right. Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't have a way to wrap that back clean. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would talk about because um, competitions can still like even comedians know they're like, oh, this is dumb, but it, they they still let it ruin them, right? Like oh, they still let their egos play into it. Like I don't do them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do them unless I think it's worth it. Uh, and it's really hard to find one that I think is worth it. The the World Series I'm only doing because I uh, talked to a couple club owners that said that's how they book their headliners. Right. Um, oh, interesting. Well, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but a lot of, like, man, people get too wrapped up. So this one dude, I can't remember his name, some guy in Seattle was, uh, I remember, was quitting comedy because right. he, <laughs> he, he didn't win the comedy on trial. Comedy. And I was just like... Comedy hey, on trial at Jock Town? Yeah, he's yeah. going to quit comedy oh, on dude, everyone. Right. Oh, no, don't quit. Oh, we love you. Don't quit. Screw that, dude. If that yeah, dude wants to quit, quit over quit. that, <laughs> let him yeah. go. Get the, it gets way harder than I that shit. It, I thought it was going to be more prestigious. <laughs> no, dude. No, no, no. Back it, my Thai restaurant. Well, yeah. And the only, the only competition I've done for comedy was uh was last comic standing last at comic western standing, yeah. and it was just funny how like every single person both was like this doesn't matter to me at all but they're right, also like right, in yeah. their corner like doing their set like 20 yeah. times well, it like hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah but the problem is the the competition you know the winners are never a lot of times like the obvious there's an obvious winner to everything right, right. but uh like everything else that's where people get messed up is like oh i should have been i could have been this and i thought i got this and then right. that and the the thing of it is is it's never going to be fair and a lot of times if you don't stand enough to gain out of doing it um, especially, I mean, now as like, a uh, a, a guy that works regularly, I can't just, you know, I can't pop in and do whatever open mic competition because it's just, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. lose to whoever brought the yeah. most friends and yeah. then he can yeah, post yeah, it yeah, online. Yeah. Like stack the crowd. Yeah. yeah. These bookers are like, Oh, I booked that guy to work my club next week and he right. lost to who the hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, Man, you know, story is all too real. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. I don't get, I'm, I'm pretty good at like, uh, um, the the comedy uh, the Seattle comedy competition is tough because you got to take a whole month off of doing stand up um, to oh, do wait, it. Why is that? Well, because it's a month long competition. So if you think you're going to make it through the whole thing, you can't book any work. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. and that happened in my roommate <laughs> right. and I, where uh, we had a good showing. You know, we were we were we were both close to the top five, but we uh-huh. didn't make it into the money making rounds. Right. Uh-huh. And so I did oh, it the dang. year before him, and it was just devastating because I was right. like, "There's a month." I, I you know I think I worked. Uh, the first week I got a club weekend and then the rest of the month I was just like, well, <laughs> that's right. too bad. Yeah. And, uh, you kind of have to eat it. But. Right. Uh, so you, you quit your, your day job. You're doing comedy full time. Mm-hmm. When you go out on the road, like how, how did these opportunities come about? Like, I feel like our listeners are interested in this. Like do, do like better comics. Do they just like take you under your wing? And then they're like, come on, Travis, I got, I got a seat in the back. We're, we're going. Or oh, yeah. is it, how, how, does, how do those opportunities come about? Uh, listen up, baby birds. <laughs> this Travis is a guide to comedy now. I uh, No, the best advice I ever got was uh, paid work leads to paid work. Okay. And that is uh, a little bit um, vague. And I'll mm-hmm. explain because I didn't really realize what that meant. I just I, I heard people saying it and I was right. like, well, that must be some wisdom to it. And um, 
that's actually that's what it is. Like, even if you lose money, paid work is the thing to do because if you're getting paid to work, you're working with guys that get paid to work. Okay. And those are the guys that if they like you, right. they can help you if they so choose. Sure. And that's why I mean, uh, I was just talking to I was just talking to a friend of mine, and he was like, "Man, why don't you do this open mic? Why don't mm-hmm. you do that open mic?" Right. And I just. I don't have uh, time in my life at this point to, you know, I, I love open mics. I, mm-hmm. I, I I love trying out new jokes, but I stick to like, I'll do like two or three club open mics. Right. And maybe a bar open mic every once in a while just yeah. for fun. Uh-huh. Um, so I can tell the jokes I shouldn't tell. The jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the, the thing is, uh, those, there's, there's people who do those open mics, those bar open mics. Right. Uh, over and over again. And they'll just do it for years and years, mm-hmm. and then I hear them complaining, like, "Man, I right. can't believe I've never gone anywhere." I was like, "Well, you've never yeah. tried. Yeah. You've never, you've never gone anywhere where you have the opportunity for someone to help you." Right. And then there's also that expectation of like, "Oh, well, why, why doesn't someone help you?" Like, no one has to help you in comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's something that uh, they just like because that's the other thing is a lot of comics are just assholes to everybody, and then they right. yeah. five years down the line, they're like, "Why am I not getting booked?" Because yeah. like, you're a dick. Right. <laughs> no one wants to and work. Putting with time in doesn't guarantee this. Like oh I've done a comedy for X amount of years. Dude, my now list, it's my time. Like <laughs> my list of comics I'll never get in the car again is longer than the list <laughs> of comics uh, that can feature out of Seattle. You know what I mean? Like this just oh man I uh, but not, yeah. But you start you start working those gigs and then it's um, and don't be like I think what helped me out a lot is I I moved to Seattle and I've always been very bold. Because uh, cause for me, it was making the decision of, oh, I'm going to really try to do this, which right. Right. that's a big step to take because yeah. you open yourself up to failure. And that's, mm. you know, something that I'm not sure uh, if it ever happened. I'm not sure I could get over it if I right. could couldn't do stand if I if, if I, you know, ruined my chance at doing this. Right. I don't think I would ever recover from that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was very difficult to kind of say that. But once I said that, it led to kind of a manic like, well, we're doing it then. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I, I, oh, man, John Fox, who books the County Underground, will never respect me because I, <laughs> I emailed him like while I was still in college and I was right. going down trying to do open mics. And like I just sent him the dumbest emails. And just like, I didn't realize he please. was the one who was getting the emails. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I didn't realize how comedy clubs worked. I thought there was right. a whole system, but it's really just one guy in, a, yeah, in, a, right. in an office by himself. And uh, What did you mean? You just emailed him, please put me on your show? Or like, yeah, yeah, I was like, can I do shows? And he was like, was no, like, absolutely. Man. <laughs> but he gave it's me some Western email. Email. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my student email account. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I, well, I, I started any any booker I heard of, I would hit him up. And that's the other thing is I don't know. I I've always been. I've always tried to come from like a very humble point. I don't want to be the guy who comes in. I'm like, you need to headline me right now. Right. Yeah. Because like I said. I want to be doing this forever. Uh-huh. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm going to be doing this a while. And eventually, if I'm good at it, people are going to headline me. Right. So I'd rather not burn bridges by trying to like boss people into booking me and right. just kind of yeah. let it happen organically. Right. But I did. Uh, I called a bunch of bookers uh, and I talked to all of them and I said, you know, I know I'm not ready yet, but what do I need to be able to do in order to work for you? And they right. just they they all told me what I needed to do. Yeah. And then I made a list and I just went through and checked all those things right. off the list. And then I came yeah. back and was like, here we go. Right. No, yeah, that's that's great advice. Just just ask. Yeah. Ask what you have to do. Holy Don't shit, yeah, yes, yeah. ask. I just I can't <laughs> tell you how many people are like 
uh, and, and, and you can tell they're like bitter and they're mm. like angry that you're working. Yeah. And they're like, how did you, how did you even get I'm like, yeah, right. I don't know. I, sh- you can just call people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just, they'll answer. And that's the right. thing too, is they're not a lot of the bookers. I think comedians have to build up like an idea of this monster who right. is, uh, you know, so brutal and they hate yeah. them and they force you to do this. They're just or, yeah. human beings. Like right. dude, I'll, every chance you get, go have a beer with a booker. Cause a lot right. of times they're just cool people, but right. like throughout the business, side of things they get turned into like um you know they get turned into demonized and everything right yeah but, uh, and they can't be everywhere like in my head a booker is just like at the back of an open mic and they see me do well and they approach me afterwards and they're like <laughs> good job you got talent kid. Yeah, here's yeah. my card like that's, that's how i'm well, always picturing and, you know? and it's, and like, it's similar to this podcast like just getting people on the show like we just ask people to do it and then yeah. they're like yeah i'd love to do your show yeah, right. it's like that's all you got to do is like yeah. put yourself out there put yourself out yeah. there yeah. goddamn ask people for christ's sake yeah, yeah. Uh, you can just do it I uh, and, and I'll tell you what, bookers, they're never if you send send them, get a good tape sent to a booker that can work. OK, uh, bookers are never going to watch your set. Right. Never, ever. I, I like they're never going to watch your tape or they're never going to. They might watch your tape. OK. Uh, tape. But if, if if you're like, oh, I'm going to come to the open mic. Can you watch? They're never going to watch. You. Right. They yeah. Don't, yeah. They, they don't want to go to an open mic. They <laughs> couldn't possibly give a shit. Yeah. They've been doing it too long. Yeah. It's not fresh and fun for right. them. It's, yeah. that, it's their job. Yeah. Uh, but what you. <laughs> yeah, so send a tape in, but you have to realize like a lot of like a lot of bookings and stuff is just bookers uh, turning to, you know, whoever they've been working mm-hmm. with for a long time being like, hey, I trust you. Uh, I need some people to do this. Can you yeah. help me out? Like that's that's all it is anymore. I just. Uh, yeah. So and it's one of those things where it's like uh, I, I think a lot of open mic comics get bitter about the people who are working instead right. of saying, instead of being friendly and saying like, Hey, how'd you, yeah, how'd you get this? Yeah. How'd you get that? Right. They'll kind of cross their arms and sit in the like, back yeah, and be yeah, like, the world's unfair. Believe, yeah. yeah. Well, now I'm definitely not helping yeah. you. Right. <laughs> they, they just want to hold on to that feeling of like resentment for the rest of their lives. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah let them. <laughs> well, it's so weird around. I mean, it's like, I'm sure it's like uh, this up here, but like around Seattle, there, there, there are some really great shows that are run by headliners out of Seattle, mm-hmm. but there's also like anyone can have a show you know right so there's a lot of open mics and there's a lot of like showcase shows uh which is great but it's so funny because i i watch these it's, it's always like an open micer that starts a show and then they get pumped up by their peers and everyone's right. everyone's yeah. you know trying to be their friend patting them yeah. on the back like, yeah you know, that guy just books like that doesn't yeah. even pay like, <laughs> for real like you <laughs> you're going on the process they don't, yeah. they, don't <laughs> they don't pay you anything they give you bad coffee you have to go to them yeah <laughs> um, i can only imagine like when once you start traveling the are the bombs harder to take i remember like I was doing, uh, just started doing comedy like on Western's campus, and like mm-hmm. I did like my first downtown show, and like I had to walk all the way downtown. Oh, I miss walking downtown. Yeah, I walked all the way downtown, <laughs> did a set, it went terribly, and I'm walking back. I'm like, I had to, I had to walk all the way downtown for this bad set, and then I was just like, oh shit, what happens to the comedians that just like travel multiple states away? Yeah, and have a 16 bad hour set. drive home after. Yeah, a it's just yeah. like it's gotta be depressing. Yeah. Well, first of all. I have to say there there is a weird when I talk about doing road gigs, a lot of comics, uh, their attitude towards road gigs is very weird. Like, I, I feel the need to say they're very fun. Yeah, it's like my it's literally my favorite thing to do is to do a road gig. It's almost always fun. Mm. I can see how sometimes uh, it can go south. But if you go in there with a positive attitude and like people came like a lot of those towns, the small towns, I mean, 
people come out to see you. They're excited right. to see the show. You're, you know, a big deal in that town and mm. it feels good. So mm-hmm. it's not like grueling or brutal. The hard part is just the whole lifestyle of like not eating well, not right. sleeping well mm-hmm. and driving all the guy. I think my right. hi- my hips are fused in a sitting position at this point. <laughs> but I've gone out a couple times and done that kind of like just three months on the road, which by the way, you can't do. I don't want I don't want people to think that's like a real thing. I want to, I want this to be realistic. The, you have to be very smart about things. You can't just, right. I don't want anyone to go out and lose their life. Right. Like trying to live like that. I, the only reason yeah. I could pull it off was my brother lives in Kansas city. Gotcha. So I had yeah. a place to like stay in I between see. gigs. Yeah. Cause there's, there's just not that many gigs anymore. Right. Unless you're the kind of comedian. I don't know who could even do that, but just draw that many people that you can go out. You know, I guess, uh, more popular headliners can do that, but right. you know, as a as a as a working comedian, as a, as a um, younger comedian, you 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 just you have to be smart about it, and you can't just go out like that unless you have a fail safe. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, too it's too expensive. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you have to work for everyone. That's the mm-hmm. tough thing. Uh, people always ask how you know how how do you quit your day job? Like, how do you blow their mind that right. you can do it out of Seattle? Which you can, but right. you have to work for everyone. Right? Yeah. Take all which, the opportunities. Yeah. yeah, it's tough for comedians because every comedian wants they. It's like we feed off of having nemesis, you right, know. Yeah, like we, we feed off of enemies. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah. this guy hates me. But you start doing that and they Why start is having that. Just like I don't, I, I don't understand it's fun. that. Yeah. I think it's fun to yeah. have a nemesis. It is. Like John, you're my nemesis. All right. Yeah, that, that, that is fun. You're right. <laughs> maybe that's not comedians. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I love having an enemy. A ne- yeah. nemesis, an arch, an arch enemy. <laughs> no, but I I think you. Uh, I, I and it's and it's tough because you can have I've always made uh, my nemesis uh, other comedians <laughs> and it's completely made up. It's just right. you know uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll walk past a guy and just be like we hate each other yeah. now. <laughs> like, that'll fuel me for a week right. or two. Often nothing. I don't actually we you know say something nice to me. I'm like okay it's we're like, friends. We're Damn it! Yeah. I had to find someone Water else. Water under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. I mean you have to be more understanding and forgiving towards bookers and know that they're everyone's doing their best. Everyone just wants everything to go fine. I mean right. not really. There's a bunch of malicious assholes you gotta give them the benefit of the doubt because you have to work for for all these people and it Mm -hmm. behooves you to have a positive relationship with them i can't i mean as soon and this is this is if anything Mm -hmm. bad happens of course um it's your responsibility to kind of like let people know what's going on but if you're freaking out and throwing a fit on facebook over Mm -hmm. little things you have to you have to understand if you do a gig and then you get on Facebook and you write like, oh, this gig sucks, something like anything negative about that gig, that booker will never book you again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why yeah. would they? Why you, yeah, social There's media so can ruin comedians. you. Yeah. There's so many comedians. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you're not special. Well, and the I internet that, like the isn't anonymous anymore. Yeah. Like it's yeah. all Facebook. We can yeah. see who you are. <laughs> yeah, being a working comic nowadays, it's just. I mean, it used to be like those rock and roll type guys were right, big. Yeah. But now it's just there are so many of you. <laughs> who's not an asshole? Right. Like, yeah. It's all just nice guys. Yeah. Like we come in, we're very. Hi, I would love to work for you, please. And we go up, and we do our fun little set, and we go sit quietly. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
no, I couldn't be jacking off on stage. <laughs> <laughs> can't be doing I'm 28 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pull that off. 27, that was the cutoff for yeah. jacking yeah, off jacking on stage. Off. Yeah, everyone knows that. Anyone who's anyone knows that. Renting a car, 25, no more jacking off on stage. Yeah. 27, that's the last milestone. Cut off. Are we going? Yeah, we're going. Cool. Okay. Because we have to fade in somewhere. So We yeah. can fade in on no jacking off on stage. <laughs> Don't do it. At 27. Yep. Or we'll yep. fade in on jacking off on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you, uh, were you born in Seattle? Did you grow up in Seattle? No, I, uh, I was born in uh, Longview, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I lived on a farm near there until I was like 10 or 11. And you then I on moved. a farm? I did. Yeah. How? <laughs> I know. Is it, is it exactly what I'm picturing in my head, or is it? It might be. We, it wasn't like a legit farm. It was just, I don't know, I think my dad had some fantasy that he was going <laughs> to like raise a family. He and, played a Harvest Moon game one yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't It was weird. Like, we had, it was just, it was, so it was, now it's more a developed area, but it was like a, kind of a Kelso area out on like, um, I live in street I grew up on. Uh, by the way, you ever hear that like um, your stripper name is just like the street you grew up right, on? Right. Yeah. Which I have a great one because <laughs> the street was called Mount Pleasant. It's <laughs> a tall gentleman. Mount Pleasant. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a perfect stripper name. Yeah. So growing up on a farm, like what kind? What kind oh, of? Yeah. What, what'd you yeah. grow? Yeah. What'd you uh, grow? Yeah. Oh, what'd your farm? It wasn't like a productive farm. <laughs> What's my dad worked at a sawmill, and um, well, he when I was little, he worked as a. My dad's like a timber guy, so uh-huh. uh, that would make sense uh, if you saw him. He so he um, he worked as like I think it was like a timber spotter when I was really little, which mm-hmm. is just like apparently he was really good at just. Uh, looking at like swaths of land and being like, that's how much money this is worth in terms of the timber. Whoa, right. Like Dang. I heard, I've heard like old dudes tell stories about my dad. Like, oh, you're dead. Yeah. Look at an acre and tell you. We got to have him on the we show. We got to have him on the show. That's such a crazy point of pride for me. Like I really awesome. feel good about yeah. that. Uh, but the legend. Then, yeah. And then he worked, uh, and then he stopped doing that and they started working at a sawmill. Um, but so he didn't have time to like farm. We right. like our neighbor was like a farmer guy who had like uh, a bunch of cattle. He had a uh-huh. ton of cattle, and my dad was friends with him. So he would like my dad would buy cows from him, mm-hmm. and we would just have a couple cows. And my dad had like <laughs> my dad would grow like my dad he loves to garden too. So yeah. he would have this this big ass garden, right? And then he would have cows, and the cows would always like get out of whatever fence he put up and they would eat his garden and he would be like, son of a And that was happening my entire childhood. Oh man, I can see that, like the movie version of that. Oh yeah, it was just, as a kid, it was, I mean, I loved it because it was just, I mean, I was a weird kid. Like, I didn't play any sports. I wasn't interested in any, I would just go wander around outside. Mm. Like, that's what I love doing. It's just like, I'm going to climb this tree. I'm going to go look over here. Like, I'm going (laughs) to pick up these rocks. Hey, some bugs. Like, that's, I just, that's how I spent my time. And I just spent the whole time in my head, I think. But, uh, is that like what your siblings were like too? Did, they, did you guys no, all inform each other? Or no, my brother, my brother's the opposite of me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, except for height. He's actually taller. Okay, but he uh, he loves sports. He's really uh-huh. into sports. Um, and my sister was she was much younger. She's four right. years younger, so she didn't really. Um, I don't think the farm really uh, had as much effect on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just w- what kind of like when it came to, like how you were raised like. What effect did that have 
eventually how did that how does that inform your comedy or did it uh i don't i think it um i think i was raised in a very old-fashioned way Mm -hmm. uh because my my parents both worked and my grandma took care of us a lot so my grandma had a lot of influence on us and i only say that because a lot of people tell me um I'm like an old person. I like <laughs> I like vibe with old people a lot. Yeah, like, right, yeah, I, yeah. I always get old people right. coming up to me after shows, yeah. like want to hang out. <laughs> but uh, no, I've always you know old souls, what they right they they call it and all that. So I think I got a lot more of that and just like a lot more of like just whatever that is right. uh, from the farm thing and like a lot of uh, a lot of animal stuff probably. Like I think uh-huh. I I think it helped because it removed me from everyone else. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't, I don't know if I was sheltered. I just right. didn't have access to a lot of stuff. Sure. So it was just kind of up to me to decide who I was. Uh-huh. When you had, I was you had all that time for introspection, like just yeah. like yeah. while you're flipping over rocks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I would just yeah. read a lot. Like I, I loved reading mm. books and stuff. So mm. I just was a very thoughtful kid. And then I moved to um, uh, Aberdeen, okay. which where Kurt right. Cobain's yeah. from, right? Which is... Uh, Awful, awful place. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you live in Aberdeen, you deserve quit, what you quit. get. Listen, <laughs> I'm kidding. I performed there a bunch. Uh, <laughs> you guys know I love you, but it, it is a it is a hole uh, in the ground. Um, yeah, and I moved there, and it was. How, like, how old were you when you moved there? I yeah, I was like 11. 11. Okay. Yeah, which Ooh. was yeah. Moved, I had to go to like right. Catholic school, which is oh horrible. really? Yeah, I was raised very Catholic, uh, yeah. but it was like. Kind of fine because none of my friends were, uh-huh. and then I moved, and it was like halfway through the school year. So my parents were like, "Oh, we'll just throw you in this Catholic school for half a year," right? And it was one of the worst experiences of my life. Oh, no. Catholic school for half yeah, a year. It was brutal, man. Yeah. I couldn't imagine how the kids who went there, like K through like sixth grade, did. right? Yeah, it was, ugh. and a lot of them are like in prison now. I'm right. sure. What was so bad about it? Uh, it was just crazy, man. It was, um, my parents literally put me there because like, oh yeah, your grandpa went here when he was a kid. I'm like, yeah, so it's old and probably not good. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, they had, they, I don't think they were allowed to like, they weren't really allowed to hit us, but like you could tell they all wanted to. Right. <laughs> it's like, like a bunch of old like nuns who were like, back in the day. Back I could, in the day. Yeah, like that's you, that's yeah. why they got into it. Like, they all hated me. Like I was in trouble all the time. Ugh, and like right. I wasn't. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just very like creative right. and you know kind of out there. And instead of fostering that, they just oh uh, they every chance they got they would like just come down. My mom would like take me. Out. I got fat going right. to like because my mom would have my she would take me to ice cream every day. Like not every day, but like a right. lot. I would like yeah. that would be like she's like I'm sorry you hate the school, school. so much. We're Let's go get some ice, ice cream. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, it was brutal, man. There was five boys in my class uh-huh. and like twenty girls. Yeah, which I don't know why that is. If I had to guess, I would say parents. Uh, would rather have their little girls being afraid of sex over having their little boys around Catholic priests. Right. If I had to <laughs> make yeah, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was it was super weird because those kids, it was the only school they'd ever been to. Right. And it was weird going in there because I was the outsider, but it was like going in, you're like, oh, you guys, this isn't how people do things. Yeah. Like, but right. you, you're just like, all right. And there was five boys, uh, including me, and they were all terrible. Well, there's one kid right. named Joey who was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, it, it was it was brutal. Shout out to Joey. We would just they would every single day was just who are we gonna beat the shit out of? And oh what? Yeah, man. God. Every day after and you're school. 11? No, neither you're older at this point. No, this is fifth grade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> every day after school, we met in the boys' bathroom 
And uh, there was one kid named Ben, and everyone wanted to beat the shit out of Ben. Right. I don't. He, I, I felt bad for the kid. I tried to like be his friend. Right. I went over his house one time, and he just made me watch him play Final Fantasy for like three hours. And I was like, "Can I even <laughs> play?" And he's like, "It's one player." And right. I was like, Sounds like a Ben we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be his friend, but uh, the thing was, they were so brutal to him that. Uh, Every night, every every day after school, they would meet in the bathroom, and you had to meet in the bathroom. You right, yeah. And then you're, you're 11, so you're just like, I guess yeah. this is what 11-year-olds do. Like, and man, you're I just was, going with the flow. Yeah, and I wasn't, like, big. At, I was, like, right. a little bit bigger than everyone else, but I wasn't huge at that point. I hadn't hit a growth spurt, so I was right. just like, all right. Uh, and I, I will say, I never, I never hit Ben. I wouldn't do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, because I came from a normal school. I was yeah. like, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, and then I went to Ben's house. I remember it came back. And then they were like, uh, Ben. Ben was like, "Yeah, Travis came over to my house, guys, and it turns out he's gay. It turns out he's like, talking a bunch of shit. He's like, yeah, it turns out he's like this fucking. He said a bunch of stuff, right? And they're like, whatever. He said, I think it was he was just like, oh, Travis came over to my house, right? And they're like, well, he's trying to be friends with you, so now we're gonna beat the shit out of him. Oh and my god! Like, and I was like, like, how did that shift? Yeah. Like, like, first of all, I was like, well, fuck you, Ben. Right. <laughs> I was like, just trying to be nice. Yeah. But then they came out and I just like punched. Like I remember, I just like landed like one solid punch on like the main kid, and he was right. like, the main kid. He was like, yeah, because of course there was yeah, a main. There's kid. a main kid, yeah. And he was just like, all right, well, we're not doing this. Let's hit right. Ben again because yeah. he doesn't fight back. Right. And I was like, yeah, you go hit Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go leave. Nice. But uh, it was weird because the janitor was there every single day, and he would just watch. <laughs> he just watches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking bets with the other it kids. Was right. Looking back, but I think I don't know. I think he was afraid he was gonna lose his job. I don't know what his deal was, but he would just right. hang out there and be like mopping. We would beat the shit out of each other. They like pointing at him like, "What's up, man?" He'd be like, "Oh, you kids." <laughs> just it was crazy. He's seen worse, I'm sure. Yeah. Or he was afraid he was gonna get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> I might teacher i think she i think she had like uh dementia like she was older and uh-huh. she would just freak out about weird things <laughs> and i was always in trouble like i would doodle a lot on my You're paper right. and then she would always you, you did you uh ever have to read the book i think it was like the giver uh no it sounds I familiar i did a lot of, i think i skipped almost every book <laughs> yeah there was that's it's like a lot of other teachers made us read that, but my teacher for, for some reason. Okay, it. so yeah. it's a crazy book to have kids read because it's all about like there's one person that gets all of uh, society's like knowledge and memories and everyone else is kept in the dark and just forced right. to do their life or whatever. I think that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really dark thing is they like there's something in that book about how they murder babies and they would just like <laughs> yeah they would just kill them they would just like euthanize them essentially oh and I can't God. remember why but I remember. We were writing like a report or whatever, and I was doodling off to the side, and we were reading that part, and I was like, "This is." I was like drawing babies, and someone like injecting a needle into a baby, mm-hmm. and I got like sent to the principal's office. I'm like, "Yo, it was in <laughs> the book." Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just, you know, <laughs> right. illustrated, but I was always in trouble, man. And she hated like she hated boys for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm sure because she was like a nun, right? So <laughs> boys are not good. They're beating each other up all the time. Yeah. I never get laid, so men yeah. are awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember one time she had us like all the boys sit in a corner. She's like, "You guys sit in the corner. You guys are only causing trouble." Mm-hmm. And then she had the girls work on some art project. And in the, in the class, she like yelled at the boy. She's like, "Every year I do this, and the boys never do shit." Right. And I was just <laughs> like, like, "I hate this school." Uh, so you left the the Catholic school, and then did you, were you a troublemaker throughout all of like middle school, high school, or did you? Ah, uh, man, I don't know. It's tough looking back because I was definitely. Uh, I wasn't like a class clown. Right. It's very quiet, but mm-hmm. I would totally mess with people. Mm-hmm. But my thing wasn't like, 
uh, I, I just kind of like pranks. Like, I right. just like goofing <laughs> with people a little bit. Like, it was always just for a laugh. Right. But I saw no, like, I think I lost respect for teachers very early on mm-hmm. just through all that where I was like, oh, you're just people and a lot of you suck. So, right, yeah. I, I mean, I was nice to a lot of my teachers, mm-hmm. but a lot of them, and I think part of that was because I hit a growth spurt and I was bigger than they were. And they just, <laughs> the man, I, they... So I there's something there where it's just like, I'm bigger than you. Like, stop telling me what to do. Like, Well, that's not what I'm going for. What, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying was they would just react very negatively towards me. And okay. I felt like maybe it's not true, but no, it totally is. They, <laughs> I don't remember any specific teachers who just had a, something against me. And right. looking back, I think it was just that they weren't comfortable with, like, the fact I was... That you were taller. Like yeah. Big kid. Like, yeah. um, and I was really smart too, which okay. I think looking back, that makes sense because that's brutal to right. just have like a kid who's not only physically intimidating, <laughs> but he just sits in the back and snipes you every once in a while. Right. Just like, how about this? <laughs> and the whole class laughs at you. Like, yeah. that'd be really brutal. Also, an A plus as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had a few teachers who really liked me, and then mm-hmm. a lot, uh, probably about the same, you know, maybe like if I had. 10 teachers, probably mm-hmm. maybe three of them liked me, three of them hated me, and the other ones didn't care. Right. Yeah. And then, I, I, like, when did you realize that you were funny? Like, not just like, oh, oh I can man. say a thing and it's funny. Like, funny is a trait that I have, and not everybody has it. Ever, like, ever since I was, because I was a weird kid, and that's how I made friends, was just mm-hmm. being funny and, like, right. having that. And uh, I just, I don't know exactly what it was that drew me to it, but it was just that was what made sense to me. And I would consume any kind of comedy I could get my hands mm-hmm. on as a kid. Like, right. you know, uh, Sunday comics, those go to Travis. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> anything that could be considered funny, I wanted to just kind of absorb it and figure it out. Right, like, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't want to be – I feel like this is uh, uh, maybe a weird thing to say, but I had people telling me – like adults and uh, older kids telling me, like you're really funny. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to be a comedian someday. Like, right, and yeah. I, that got into my head as like a kid. And, like <laughs> right. I always, but it never became a reality till I was at Western, and then you know, I was watching the competition happen. And I'm right. like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, it's, it's available to people. Yeah, that's that's for me. It was like growing up. I just remember I wasn't good at anything else. Like, yeah. It's like everyone is like when you're elementary school, especially and then like into middle school and high school, people are like they judge you based on how fast you are. Like in recess, it's like, let's have races and like we'll what? see like who like. <laughs> yeah. In recess, it's like, yeah, let's like let's have races just because that's what like seven year olds do. And it's just like this. That's the fastest kid in class or like who has like the fastest mile like who or who's. And then the adventure turns into like who's who's the best at sports. Right? I think it depends on the, the, <laughs> the friend circle that you're. No, everybody. <laughs> just with a bunch of track athletes, Joe. Yeah, everybody else, like, there's fast kids. I think there's you slow joined kids. track. I think you were in track. Anyway, yeah, I wasn't. You fast. know that you were like supposed to be running. It wasn't just for fun. <laughs> it just eventually turns into like, are you smart or are you good at sports? And yeah. it's like those are the two things that you're measured by. Like, it's a false dichotomy. Throughout, exactly. That's what, exactly what I'm trying to get at. Is like, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm funny, and so that's that's what I'm going to latch onto because I wasn't either smart nor fast. I'm I'm not fast. Is where this story is going. You know, I've been, uh, and this this could take a, a turn, so I'll try not to. But uh, well, I turns been, are fine. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys be in charge sure of that. <laughs> so I, once I start talking, I can't stop. But uh, I, I've been doing a lot of like 
uh, introspection and just trying to figure out like, cause I've just got to the point where I'm like, why, why I have a lot of very like weird personality traits mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get to the bottom. Cause a lot of times I just, uh, for a lot of my life, I'm just like, that's just who I am. And right, then, yeah. recently I've kind of been like, why am I okay, this way? It comes from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's not all, po- it's a lot of it isn't positive. And right. I wish I could figure <laughs> out how to like separate and, uh, like what? Uh, well, so I, I recently figured out this whole, I think, uh, I to a small degree, maybe I have, uh, like, uh, I'm emotionally dissociative, mm-hmm. which just means that, like, uh, I I can – it's something that they try to teach, like, businessmen and stuff is, like, right, how to yeah. remove yourself so you're not emotionally involved. Right. But I think as a kid, I don't think I got, like, traumatized. There were a couple of things that could have traumatized me. But <laughs> right. I think mostly I was just a very sensitive, thoughtful kid. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe someone yelled at me and, like, a little – you know, computer screen box popped up and it was like, uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, this is either going to bother you for the rest of your life or you'll never care about anything again. And right, I was like, yeah. option B. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally, yeah. yeah for I huge, like a lot of comedians have that trait, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. for huge parts of my life, I just, and like I used that as that was um, one of the things I would do like in school when I was messing right. with people uh-huh. is it was like, I felt like it was almost a superpower. It was like right. I could get people riled up but I never uh-huh. cared. Right. Like, none of it. If I was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> right. And I can just say whatever I want. There's, you know, there's no emotional toll that's taken on me. So it's, I would, my, that was my whole thing with my brother is I would, if he made me mad, I would literally just rile him up until he attacked me and then right. he'd get in trouble for fighting. Right. And, uh, and so I, I was, uh, yeah, I just I was reading up on that because I I guess I kind of always knew I was doing that, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was like really a thing. I was right. just like, that's just kind of how I am. Yeah. And then I was reading up on it, and it turns out it's like a whole uh, psychological like profile they have on people like that. And it was a trip, <laughs> man. I was reading it, and it was like, you're like this. You probably like these things. You probably don't like these things. Like, your and name is like, Travis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very tall. Yeah. <laughs> Six foot nine. He was your super name is Mount is Mount Blessing. <laughs> I, I, it just made me feel like, oh, I'm not special. I've never been special. But, um, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy because I, I looked at all these things and I, you know, definitely a lot of negative things about my personality. And I realized like, oh, that's just all because I thought this way. And that over time turned itself into manifested as me, you know, not liking teams or sports, having an inability to kind of like be in a group or form like strong, like, uh, bonds with like, uh, like a larger friend group or anything, right. just very like isolated. Um, a lot of like, you know, just like huge parts of my personality. Right. I always, always just kind of like, I took pride in it almost. I'm like, right. that's just how I. <laughs> yeah. No, it was my life would have been way better if I learned earlier on that I was just being a dick to everybody. I, know, I, don't, I don't see. I don't know if that's true because I think if like life was a choose your own adventure book, like I I took the opposite path where I was really sensitive and then I leaned into that and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna let everything affect me, and it's like. <laughs> Also destructive. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to see so, the yeah. other side. Yeah. Of like, there's nothing. Nothing's good. Yeah, Every just, path is bad. Don't good. be sensitive, yeah. guys. <laughs> just <laughs> toughen up from a young age. Yeah. Well, definitely. Like, it informs stand up because it's like it's just me by myself. I don't have to. That's like what's so nice about stand up to me. It's like I don't have to collaborate creatively like with anybody and i don't have to like you sit get down. to collaborate with me though i get to with this <laughs> podcast but it's just like i don't have to like let anyone in like with these are my jokes they're yeah. good they're bad like i don't have to sh- like that's what's nice about stand-up it's funny you brought that up because uh it's kind of one of the things that made me look into that was i was uh taking like improv and acting classes mm-hmm. and was doing a lot of that uh just trying to get better at stand-up and one thing that has it still happens i can't mm-hmm. i can't help it uh if i'm in an improv scene or i'm acting with somebody right you know, they say, you know, a lot of acting is reacting or whatever, mm. or most of it. 
And when people say things to me that are like negative or they're supposed to like really hurt me, which right. happens a lot in improv, yeah. I have no reaction to it right. because that's how I am in real life. Right. Like it just it just goes right past me and right. I just continue on because like I just can't hear it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the guards went up when I was six and like they just exactly. kept getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, take the guards out. Well, it's like they've been here for so long that like and it's they, not they're just, not going anywhere. Like in bowling. It's not like just the bowling. guards. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. It sounds I sound like a maniac, but like I'd a lot I'm like, I don't know how I would react to someone actually saying that to me. I would right. probably just not so it's not a natural that's what makes it hard, is it's not a natural thing for me to right. like like, oh no, you hate me. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> My response is to let it wash Even over then, me. You had to say it in a funny voice. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't take it seriously. I can't. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, a lot of times I'm like waiting. You can almost feel when someone's going to try to go for you. Right. Or like try to hurt your feelings. Uh-huh. And I feel like. I always can like see it coming and I've always got like the meanest thing I can possibly <laughs> yeah. say to someone locked and loaded. Like just a knife. Definitely, yeah. I'm waiting for them to like, oh, oh, just right, like yeah. shank them. Well, like, it's oh, like yeah. you got a Mad Libs in the back of your mind and you're like, got to fill in the details right. for this person. Yeah. Sort of like having a, it's like having a heckler response. Just like, it's in, it's in your back pocket. Yeah, but you shouldn't do that. It's right. such a yeah. terrible way to be yeah. a human. Like, it's not yeah. the right way to be a human being. But uh, yeah. Yeah, like when I, when I was growing up, like my older brother and sister were like, the definition of like angsty teens right and they mm-hmm. would just get into like screaming matches with like my mom and dad and like being the youngest i was just like a i don't want anyone to ever scream at me and like b i just like learned like if it does happen i just tune it out and so like those guards went up when i was six, six or seven but like when negative feedback actually does happen i'm like well it's got to go somewhere and it only like spits out the other end in like joke form like well, see, and then it's like which can seem insensitive <laughs> but like that's the only way i can process I- like negative things happening like, I, I mean I have, I have like the opposite thing uh again like where I'll I'll I guess the biggest thing I've noticed in my life recently is like when it comes to just like knowing things I want to be right but the problem is like I always my my default reaction is that I'm wrong so if I come into contact with anybody who's confident they'll just like be going off on this thing and I'm like no you're wrong here's why you're wrong and then they'll come back at me hard and I'm like oh oh sorry <laughs> like, yeah, that's I don't know I, it's that's been a big thing for me recently because I mean I and I don't uh so I, I'm I'm I will say I'm well educated. I'm very well educated. I'm not trying to brag. That's just a thing. What did you major in? Biochemistry. Biochemistry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. I majored in biochemistry, minored in English. Uh-huh. I it was always like, you know, the smart kid in my class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, but I have that same thing is yeah. I'll get into arguments with people. And if they say something, they, my mom does this to me all the time. It drives me crazy. She'll just make shit up. Yeah. yeah. And she'll, just, totally. she'll, and she'll be very confident about it. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Right, and, yeah. she, and it'll always be like, well, I have it in a file and back. And <laughs> right. I, I started to like walk her like, let's see that file. Yeah. And yeah. Go, oh, it's in a box at your dad's house. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that never was. But uh, I, I have to get more aggressive about that because yeah. I realized I was just kind of like letting people say things that like weren't like or that like I was more informed than them and I uh-huh. just kind of let them you know take and I've kind of gotten to the point especially like with the uh, you know the political atmosphere we uh-huh. have now right. where I'm almost like militant about stuff like if totally. I know something yeah. I like I don't believe anyone knows anything anymore if right. you yeah. say something yeah. to me I'm like bullshit yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I know I don't believe and I, right. I know that's how everyone is so <laughs> right. that, well I, I guess the thing that like that throws me off is I'm like, I would never make up a fact about this. Like, I feel like if I'm going to be talking about something this serious, like I'm going to make sure what I'm saying is true. So I'm assuming what they're saying is going to be true. Because you care about being wrong. 
Yeah, right. a lot of people just don't. Yeah, yeah. they've been wrong yeah. their whole lives. Yeah, you know that's what like, I mean? that's they don't give like, a shit. Totally. Chris, Chris Rock has that bit about it's like if you're in an argument with someone and then one person just decides like I don't need to make sense anymore, like game over, they win. Yeah, and yeah. like you have a need to make sense, or you're just like totally. I guess I lost this argument because <laughs> I'm trying to make sense. Yeah, yeah. People can then just like they throw logic out the window just to like just to win win an argument. It's like you're right. Well, you must yeah, be right. Like, I guess you're right. If, like, you, like, if, if everything if you, you said like, is true, the premise, like I guess I guess you're the winner of this conversation. Not to circle, uh, well, I am circling back to no, the... No, circling is great. The emotional yeah. thing. Turn circles, we <laughs> I, love it. So you, we were talking about the dissociation. Do you mm-hmm. feel, like, is that with all emotions for you? Um, or is that just if someone's being negative towards you? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Because that's, I know, I know a few guys, because I've started thinking about it now. I can't yeah. stop thinking about it whenever I, like, am around, like, other comics and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting that they did that. Right. <laughs> like, I'm Jane Goodall or something. But, <laughs> uh, I, I really, because I, I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and I was like, I think this is, I was, like, reading the article. I'm like, I think this is me. Oh, my right. God. Yeah. Think, she's like, no, you definitely, I get emotional about a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. But it's never, it's all self, it's me making myself uh, upset, like I'm a very, uh, st- I get very stressed out mm-hmm. uh, about nothing. Like uh-huh, my, right. my, I, I, I'm very happy I live with the roommate I do because he's the most. He's so laid back. I will literally walk into the house and just like not rage. It's not like a place from anger. It's just like a place of like personal frustration uh-huh, and be right. like, this happened and that happened. I wish things could be like this uh-huh. or that. And I'll look over and he'll just be like sitting on the couch like smoking. <laughs> I'll just be like, it's my birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I it's shouldn't like, be upset about things. Like, Sorry, I ruined your birthday. <laughs> That's so funny. It's my birthday uh, today. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I had uh, one of the, like the best roommates I've ever had because we just like worked really well, like living together. Uh, he's like super logical. Like he's getting his master's in math right now. Damn. And uh, like I can process things logically. Like I studied philosophy, so like I do process things that way if I need to. But I like am very reactive. I'm just like instantly like what I'm feeling is what I'm feeling. I'm here. And so for me, like he's very unemotional and he can like just view things like very detached, like every single thing. Uh, and what's interesting is he told me he uh, had to like train himself to react in certain ways. Kind of like you were saying, uh, like, cause he knew the socially like acceptable way to react to something is with like compassion. He's like, I want to be a compassionate person. So he'd like know how to react, even if he wasn't like feeling the empathy. It was, it's really, yeah. It's like, I, I, he's I practicing like facial yeah. expressions. In the yeah. Mirror, like. Well, and it was great cause he could, he was like the perfect sounding board for me just like going off about something I'm feeling. And he's like, right. Oh, well like, what if you just like thought for one second about what you're saying? And I was like, like you're impossible. right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's good to have those kind of people in your yeah. lives. Yeah, they totally. ground you. Yeah. That guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Uh, I feel like, but if you, it's one of those things that I was like, Oh, I kind of do like, I, I, that's how, um, I, especially when I was younger, like I think like when I, when I, even when I was first doing comedy, I, uh, I didn't have a lot of empathy. Like uh-huh. I just, cause I, you know, I, I, those walls were up. I wasn't right. very mm-hmm. emotionally connected to anybody. And then, you know, I had a few relationships over time. I kind of like, like saw other people as actual human beings instead of like people I had to like, I was <laughs> right. forced to deal with. Yeah. And then, it, but it was like that. I had to like tell myself, I'm like, something sad happened to this person. Mm-hmm. So now you should feel sad. And it sounds like a maniac thing, but that's kind of, you have to like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, you know, I wasn't like a robot, like beep, boop, be, be sad. Totally. Right, totally. Yeah. But it kind of like, <laughs> as someone who had that kind of like logical, I had, uh, you know, the weird thing is I don't even know if I'm logical. Cause I'm so bad at math. Like <laughs> you know, my, my roommate, uh, he's, he's very intelligent and he's very, very funny. 
But uh, he, he went to he went to college and then he just dropped out after like a semester because he uh-huh. just, just wasn't what he was trying to do. Um, but he's like so much. I'm so embarrassed because I have like that degree <laughs> and all the time like math things will happen and he'll see me just be like, uh, <laughs> be like yeah, the, uh, they gave you a degree. Five plus eight is thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah 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 no. <laughs> like, I just I I feel like. I never had, like, even, it was amazing I got my degree because I did so poorly in every math class yeah. that uh-huh. I had to take. And I just didn't, like, I, dude, I would draw. One time I passed a math final and the final question I got down to it and I just had, I drew an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I remember writing, I was like, I don't remember any of this, but elephants never this forget. Is an elephant. So there's an elephant. Extra credit. Like a C minus. But I've always, I think I just come from, like, such a, like, creative, like, spatial. Yeah, totally. Uh, my, um, I don't know if my girlfriend hates it, but she definitely like will like look at me and she'll be like, "Come back, you have lost <laughs> right. yourself." In whatever. Sure. Yeah. She's like, do you have like a world you go to? I'm like a little yeah. bit. Like yeah. I just kind of zone out. Yeah, I mean, like the, the logical part for me is like, if something is like um, like emotions like aren't directly benefiting me. Like a lot of my comedy <laughs> yeah. is like is, is informed of like, why are you upset about this? Like you're you're wasting time and energy being upset about this, and like it's not directly benefiting you i'm just like that's uh, that's like 90 percent of my jokes right, is like really? don't be don't be stop being so mad yeah, about you gotta this read thing. you gotta read some existentialist philosophy john because it's all about <laughs> merging the human side with like the rational I side we to. gotta exist in the human realm we're humans john yeah, i'm bored already i just, I just like, <laughs> I just, like uh, so so many like premises of a comedy is like oh i was upset about traffic and i was upset about this and just like me debunking that and being like you just like Take a second and like I'm upset about what you just said. He <laughs> <laughs> jokes for me. <laughs> if I had to think about what my like what my jokes are about, I think I would say uh like the overarching theme, I realized this because I was doing a lot of like um shows for like uh I was doing I did a tour for like breast cancer to raise money for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I do tours for like um raising money for like Humane Society, SBCA. And the the, the the breast cancer tours, I realized, holy shit, so many of my jokes that I, like, I don't think they're very lighthearted jokes, but, like, the basis is death. Yeah. A realization, like, a year or two ago where I'm like, why is every one of my jokes yeah. wind up being death? <laughs> I, I know I was, uh, I was writing sketches, and I realized I wrote, like, five or six sketches in a row where the end of the sketch was just me dying every right, time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why am I so obsessed I with this? Totally. You're, like, looking through all this, like, am I alive at the end of it? Yeah. Like, it's death it's animals it's my family right and then the way i realize i write jokes i, I talked to some guy down in la who's like they're supposed to be a, like the comedy fixer he okay. like, <laughs> i don't know i i didn't the uh, I, I didn't get but he hadn't i can't remember what he said my style was but it's essentially like um uh i do a lot of jokes which is just um me trying to like uh, reason and like right. a lot like oh this happened right why did that and it was just the way my brain puts everything together that's right. just like a funny way that mm. my brain would like find mm-hmm. uh, a path to that yeah. conclusion um and yeah that's like the natural way so if you listen to my jokes i'm almost worried that too many of them are going to kind of become that totally way. right yeah well, yeah it's, was, it's uh, kind of depressing when someone like instantly like pinpoints your style because you want to be complicated and multifaceted and someone's like you're this in a nutshell and you're like crap <laughs> like all my jokes are like that i, I was just thinking about it today because uh, I was doing a joke last week and I wrote this joke and it literally makes zero sense. No, no, no part of it follows any like logic. It's really just words I've kind of put together. Mm-hmm. And 
about 60% of the time, it really works. Like, either it completely bombed because everyone was like, you haven't said a word that made sense. Or for some reason, it just destroys. It's like the absurdity of it. People are just like, we're on board and we don't know why we're on board. I think it's, and I, well, I think it's, um, I'm always, I, th- I think I think too much about my comedy. And so, you know, a lot of times, like, the more you, like, work on, like, an art form, the more it's driven to abstraction. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll just come up with, like, a very abstract premise or, like, a punchline that mm-hmm. doesn't have a joke to it. And I'll just kind of, like, throw together a joke and be like, let's see if this works. Because right, yeah. that experimentation, I think, is really fun. So uh, the question that we ask every guest is, uh, have you dealt with depression and or anxiety? And how has that affected you creatively? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that's just where it all came from. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I I can't pinpoint exactly when it happened. I, uh, I've i written about this, and I think, um, I think it had a lot to do with, like, my religious upbringing, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of things that my brain just couldn't, like, put together. It was a lot of, like... Um, I never felt I was a good person is a big right. part of it. And it wasn't like, I'm not, I don't think I'm a bad person, right. but. Is that like that Catholic guilt? Does that, does that oh, play into it? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It totally plays in. But I think where uh, it really messed me up was um, just learning, like going to church and like learning. And it was like, okay, so good people are people that do good deeds. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't do good deeds. Right. So I'm not a good person. Ergo. Whereas <laughs> a lot of the, you know, the I think that's a big problem in society now is everyone wants to think they're a good person, but uh-huh. no one does good things. Yeah. It's right. like, no, you're neutral. Yeah. You're not good. You're not bad. You just right. don't do anything. And that's okay. But uh-huh. you, you can't call yourself. And people get so upset when you're yeah. like, you're not a, like, I'll uh, tell people will be like, oh man, thanks man. You're such a good guy. I'll be like, well, I'm not. I'm I like, always <laughs> yeah. contest that point. I'm like, yeah. you got to don't put me yeah, on that totally. pedestal. I'm like, I'm doing the bare minimum that yeah, you have right. to as like a human in society. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, always, and it's so funny because people always come back with like, oh, don't be hard on yourself. You're right. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think I'm a bad person. Right. But I also don't think you're a good person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And nobody hates that. Yeah. But it's one of those things that growing up and being told like, um, with like that Catholic upbringing, I went to like, you know, Sunday school and all that. And it was just a lot of like, by the way, I was talking to my roommate about this because mm-hmm. he was, a he was raised in the South. So he did Baptist. And right. we were just talking about these crazy bastards that our parents put us into a room with. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't realize how crazy it was just like literally the craziest man in the town. <laughs> he's, the mo- he's the most confident about yeah, it. Yeah. He's the most religious. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Yeah. Like he's yeah. saying, I remember some yeah. guy telling me that like God punished him every time he did something bad and would explain ways and I, that's how I, I was like oh shit like, okay. oh shit yeah and, look how uh, confident he is <laughs> just like unchecked like, yeah and if you're not a good person you're going to hell and I was like well I'm not a good person so right. I'm going to hell right yeah. like I don't do a lot of good things and I definitely do some bad things ergo I'm on the, the bad side right which that's just how I and like it definitely wasn't reinforced by me being like very clever and I was mm. always kind of like the arch character <laughs> right and like everything that happened like I was always me- I, my brother was super dumb so I would always like play I would mess with him and I was right. gonna get the best of him right. and so it was kind of like that was in my family like he you know he uh, he would always they would always like push that on me like oh he's always my my brother would anyways like oh he's the bad one he's right. always because that was his favorite. Uh, <laughs> It was the only way for him to justify like how much right. I was owning him all the time. <laughs> and I hope he listens to this. Uh, no, but yeah, and then uh, it just kind of like circled and circled, and it kind of became the thing where man, I like for a long, and I think this might have been where like the detachment came from. Is I just uh-huh. I couldn't deal with the reality of like um, 
you know, I'm because I, I dealt with a lot of death when I was a little kid, too. Uh-huh. So it was all very immediate. Like, I was like, I'm going to die right. and then I'm going to hell because uh-huh. I'm not a good person. Right. And, you know, this could happen tomorrow. Right. This could happen in a week. I right. literally I they would ask us what we wanted to do when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I, I never uh, I never came up with anything. Right. <laughs> I, all the way I'm going to be dead. I literally told myself, I'm going to be dead. I was like, that's like 12 years. There's yeah. no way I don't die in 12 years. Right. That's yeah. so much time. <laughs> yeah. you know easily, Who lives to be 50? Like, I just saw death as such an inevitability. Right. Like, yeah, it didn't totally. seem, I, I, uh, I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, that wouldn't, I, I won't die. Accidents won't happen. Right. I'm the kind of person who's like, accidents will always happen to me. Right. So I can't, like, I, driving, I, the whole time I'm driving, I'm like, that car's going to swerve and kill me. Right. That car's yeah. going to, like, just this <laughs> how my brain yeah. works. Uh, so it just, it just led to me being very, uh, dep- as, a, as a, like a younger kid, too. I was mm-hmm. very, and I don't think my parents really knew what to do. They were just like, he'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I did. He's a moody team. <laughs> uh, so it was very, and then, you know, I did the emotional attachment thing. And then uh, until I was probably like 19, 20, 21, and I kind of started pulling out of that. But right. that's where I don't think the anxiety really hit till I was really trying to do stand up okay. um, because I put a lot on myself, man. I was like, you know what? This is my dream. I can fail at it now. Mm-hmm. It's very real. Right, yeah. I put but, it out there for like other people to to yeah. judge and measure. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only thing I care about in my life right now. You know, when I was starting it, I was like, this is all I have. Right. So. It, uh, you know, there's a lot of anxiety of like missed opportunities and like, especially, I mean, uh, up until recently I've, I've relaxed cause I've had enough, uh, it's, there's just been so many cool, uh, you know, whenever you just get a guy that you really look up to, who's like a more famous comedian and they just put their hand yeah. on your shoulder and like, they're, you're right. going to be okay. <laughs> I it's like fuel for the yeah. next six months. Like, I feel yeah. like I just give off that vibe of like, yeah. tell him he'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you know, when you, when you start off in comedy, it's, it seems like a very, uh, attainable goal that like, Oh, you get famous. And right, a lot yeah. of comedians have that like, Oh, I just need to pop somehow. Someone needs right. to discover me. And exactly. I, but that's not how comedy actually works. Uh-huh. That's And if it does, those people don't have careers. Those people yeah. have, you know, they'll, they'll do a show and then they have to do, you know, <laughs> the, the every show they do from that point on will be like, hey, remember that guy that was on that yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the more realistic way is uh, you just do it for... You know, years you just always do comedy. Just right. that's your if you like that, that's what you do now. Mm-hmm. And then your career kind of just creates itself out of whatever you do. So I've I, I'm I'm starting to kind of relax a little bit more. It's just now it's a money thing. It's always right, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I do I do okay, but it's a lot of like I'm just so tired of having to like every month just budget and figure yeah, out like totally, how am yeah. I going to pay for this? How am I going to you know? And uh, but it's on the flip side of it, man. It's it's chilled me out a lot because. Uh, a, I just smoke a ton of weed now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and B, because um, the things are starting to go well.
who, who are the comics you were listening to like in middle school and like high school? Because I've, I've realized that like the comics I was listening to from ages like 13 to 18, none of them like still hold up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Like, I was like, I like when I was in middle, like 12, I listened to like Dane Cook and yeah. like Jeff Foxworthy and all those guys. And then like, I don't know why they, they like obviously well, informed something, but times they, change, they, don't, they don't hold up. It, and I think that, uh, I, I think a lot of influential comedy is not supposed to hold up, right? Have you ever watched? Uh-huh. Have you watched Steve Martin recently? Uh, mm. No, hey, yeah. dude, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was so he was so good in his heyday, and like you know, it's still I understand like why why it's good, and why it's but like right. he, he couldn't go out and do that act now, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. Pre- and that's what always that's what makes doing. I comedy. think he knows that too. He's just like I think he knows like it wouldn't. Yeah. work still yeah, yeah. yeah. that's he why he does it that. yeah <laughs> oh i'm retired yeah but no <laughs> but it was because he had those bit and it was a style of comedy and i think it's interesting because uh that's that's a weird thing when you start working and going doing clubs and stuff is you're performing in front of people and i think that's it's why it's such a uh a tragedy when comics do easy jokes or they mm-hmm. go back to like you know just used up material right. is because your job as a comedian is to inform people of the state, the current state of comedy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. comedy evolves all the time. And a lot right. of people, you ask them their favorite comedian, they're going to say, uh, you know, George Carlin, right. Uh, Seinfeld. Just, just dead yeah. people or people. Yeah, who, right, yeah. like, you know, you have anyone from like this decade. Even? Right, yeah. <laughs> no, because people don't keep up with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think part of the reason is because there's so many comics now. It's right. like people know Louis C.K. Right. Uh, especially now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I can't even remember how I got into talking about this. I was about to make a point and I realized I don't know where I'm going. Something <laughs> about uh, how comedy, comedy doesn't hold up. It's not, not meant to hold up. Or a lot of in, your, the influences you oh, have, yeah, they the don't influences. hold up. Right, yeah. right. Uh, I think a lot of it, I mean, there's some stuff that's always going to be timeless. Right. But. Um, a lot of guys who are on like, the cutting edge of it, mm-hmm. it's because what they were on the cutting edge of, like that was very fresh and new. So at the time, everyone was losing their mind about it. Right. Yeah. But now you look back and you're kind of like, well, that's it's advanced so far from then that you don't even recognize what that was the beginning of. Right. Does right. That makes sense. It's like the early church was radical. Yeah. And now it's been so long since the early church. Sorry. Don't <laughs> so so what did guys like uh like Dane Cook? What did they what did they inform? Cuz he was like giant like selling out arenas like I mean everywhere. he's a good and, I, I feel like he's nowhere, I, like I always say this about Dane Cook I feel like he's a good storyteller like he's the guy at the party you want to talk to because uh-huh. he's just like he's really engaging I think but then you look at the content and I'm just not interested in the content right. anymore but I don't well, know he just had the right at the he had the right personality uh-huh. and he was very it was like very like who he was was for whatever reason there was like that was that kind of person was popular, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it was a weird, like, breaking Benjamins, like, yeah, kind of, like, <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, but, but it was, it was a, you know, a segment of the popular, it was young kids that he got, right? And uh, his humor resonated perfectly because that was like, uh, you know, people around our age when we, I, what did he come out when we were in like. I think I was in high school right. when I first heard of him. And at, th- at that point, no one, you know, you knew comedians, but you didn't, not a lot of guys were kind of going out there and doing like the pump up. And there's like a lot of like the catchphrases and the right. weird little like hooks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy how a lot of comedians have like incorporated like that kind of talking style and right. that kind of like just catchy hook type stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, you can still do so many Dane Cook bits. Right. Like just out of memory. Cause they right. just, that brain worm thing. Yeah, totally. And that's how it got you. 
Um, and that has that has made its way into modern comedy. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say Dan Cook is like the grandfather of like modern comedy <laughs> or anything, but like, I, like a lot of comedians I see, it's sort of like this thing Dan Cook had where it's like. The things I'm talking about aren't true or right, but just the way I'm saying it is, like, enough to sell it. And, like, you see that in, like, Hannibal Burris or, like, uh, Kevin Hart or yeah. Chris D'Elia, like, a lot of that. And, uh, like, I think it was an interview with Pete Holmes. He was saying, like, Dane Cook was, like, the master of false premises. He would just be like, <laughs> why do you, you go into a public restroom? Everything's wet. And everyone's just laughing. But, like, you think about it for two seconds. You're like, that's not. No, yeah. it's not. Like, not everything's wet. Um, are you uh, are you currently watching anything? Rewatching anything? Any um, any any heated opinions about, about movies? I'm so excited for Atlanta season two. I can say that. Oh, my God. I just yeah. started watching season it's one. Yeah. So Atlanta's fucking so good. good. It's Atlanta's, so good. I don't yeah. know why it's not everywhere. I guess it's only 10 episodes. But it's yeah, like it's amazing. It's one of the, like the tightest written shows. Yeah. Like oh man, yeah. so good. Glover's amazing. Yeah, yeah man, that dude yeah. blows and me away. And you just wouldn't think that it's Troy from Community. Like he's just <laughs> just like a test. Like his acting, like he's so good. Yeah, yeah, that dude's great at everything. It's very. Uh, I won't say it's frustrating because I enjoy all his work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy he does what he does. I can't. Uh, I don't watch a lot of now I, I've been trying to push myself into like more create creativity and every time I sit down and watch a show I can only watch for like five or ten minutes before I'm like someone made this show I'm not making anything right now <laughs> what am I doing with my yeah, life yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can't I, just consume I gotta create yeah, yeah so I have to I have to like smoke a lot before I can sit down and actually watch something <laughs> but I watched um well, I watched the Cloverfield Paradox. Okay, oh, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. And I'm I, a big I fan want of to. Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield. Ten Lane. Cloverfield Lane. Oh, I watched that so one amazing. after. Oh, okay, so, yeah. I watched Cloverfield, uh, the original, in theaters when it came yeah. out. Yeah, right. And then uh, I watched the Paradox when it came out that Super Bowl Sunday because right, I was like, yeah. "What is this?" And it's like it's not even coming soon. It's just like go to Netflix right now. It's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. so yeah. crazy. Yeah. It worked, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Beyonce on an entire series. Yeah. yeah. And then I went back and I rewatched. I watched Ten Cloverfield Lane because I hadn't uh-huh. watched that one. I, I didn't right. know if they were going to connect at all. Right. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, they don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course they don't. I mean, it's I like, like, the, I like, like... The, this new approach to franchise making where it's like every movie is its own thing, but it's like part of a, a larger universe. But Yeah. Is it? I mean, is it canon yeah. that they're all no, part they of it? No, okay. they are interconnected okay. barely, but right. anyway. Oh. Did you watch the Paradox? I haven't seen Paradox yet. Is See, it good? You, uh, dude, I don't feel qualified to talk about it because <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Okay. And a lot of people didn't like it. I got online because I was like, oh, that was cool. I want to figure out, you know, all the stuff I didn't re- realize. Right. And then it was just a wall Everyone's of people it, talking yeah. shit. It. Oh. And I was like, everything I thought, though. But I, I think I'm right. Have you guys seen uh, Jim and Andy? Yeah, no, the, the, I it's, it's really insane. good. I hear it's really yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. You gotta watch it. It we was gotta, like, <laughs> uh, What's yeah. it about? So it's about like how he gets how he makes man on the moon, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's just like because yeah, he, he was like method acting that whole thing. Right. And so it just shows him like behind the scenes <laughs> and it talks with all the people who like oh, encountered like, him at the time. It's crazy. Uh his family like comes up and is uh-huh. all talking to Jim Carrey, who's acting as uh, and they're like Andy cr- Kaufman. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're uh-huh. crying and they're hugging him and everything. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. God. Like they they felt because like he kind of thought that he was like Andy was like embodying right. him or whatever. And then like his family was like it was like seeing Andy again. Like he was <laughs> yeah. there. And it gets and like it's it, weird. You that think weird. watching it, you're like, well. At, uh, Jim Carrey's just being an asshole. Like, right. This yeah. is crazy. <laughs> but then you, they're like, they'll like, can't like to cast members and like people working on it. They're like, no man, that's yeah. some real shit. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and like everyone's really into it. It was like a phenomenon at the time. Uh, oh, this is what I want to talk about next. If you guys haven't talked about it on the podcast, you sure. want to see Black Panther? 
Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god, it's phenomenal. We'll have to have you back on. I'll watch the Cloverfield Paradox and I'll watch Black Panther. That was amazing. Let's spoil Black Panther for Kevin right now because it was so good. Is Michael B. Jordan good though? Michael B. Yeah, Jordan's really good. Because yeah, I, I, like, I didn't. At first I, I thought it was like an interesting casting for a villain, uh-huh. but okay. he just he kills it and, I, it and it like breaks the trend of bad Marvel villains. Like it's great. You he, know what I love about that movie is I felt like the stakes were so high on it, right? Uh, that they just really did the shit out of it. Like I, I've never seen a superhero movie they put that much detail into everything, and they right, made, yeah. they made sure every loose end from the comics got tied up. Exactly. So cool. it, it just it flowed so well. Right. Um, Each, all of the, like, auxiliary characters had a stake as well. They're not just there to, like, serve, like, uh, like a, a comedic relief or just, like, some sort of other, like, filler thing. Like, each character you really care about, it's just super well-written. Uh, yeah. so, so, fun fact about Michael B. Jordan, he's been the antagonist of both Black Panther and, and the Dylan Panthers. And the Dylan, oh, yeah. Friday right. Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. I don't, I've never watched that movie. Oh, oh that's like where, a TV that's like show. show. That was, like, his uh, well, big, it's also his big a movie. break. Yeah. yeah. Um... Sorry, I get very fired up about Friday Night Lights, so you got to watch that. Michael yeah. B. Jordan, oh, I never yeah. will. he's not in it until... <laughs> I don't care. He's, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about football I'm either. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I, I, There's nowhere to watch it now. They took it off Netflix. Yeah. So you have to work for it to what, try it, and find it's it. It's worth it because Michael B. Jordan is introduced in season four, <laughs> yeah. and it's he's great. I can't, <laughs> and I love him because that's why of... That's it's worth it. I can't watch shows that are grounded in real life. Like if I if I to true truthfully if I'm watching something it, there has to be some kind of crazy creative aspect that I feel like I am trying like an escapism kind of thing. I the, love the that crazy stuff. creative aspect is it makes football seem interesting. <laughs> See that's the thing. If I was I couldn't I couldn't watch like past the opening credits because I'd be like what the fuck am I doing watching this? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's kind of guilty, guilty pleasure. Well, season two, I, like I, I have a hard time recommending it because season two is so bad, it almost makes the show. No, like, season bad. one is is good enough for you to get through season two. Yeah, but there's yeah. so many unlikable characters in season one. Yeah, is this an engaging so, conversation? For you? <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be engaged. Yeah, do you? Um, are you watching any of the sitcoms? That are like, um, I'm a stand-up comedian, and this is the this is my show based off of my life. I really comedian. like baskets. What's that? Uh, oh, 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 that 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 is... guy, oh, I have. You're the I haven't first even person, heard of that. Yeah, you're the first person to bring that up on the <laughs> really? show. Really? Because, yeah, I've, I've uh, never seen Is it starring Zach Galifianakis? Yes. Because I really and it, it's like. It's a weird premise. Like, he has, like. It's his, amazing. His, his like, okay. twin brother is, like, it's, also played by Zach Galifianakis. It's like, one of my favorite shows. Because it is just it is just so weird, right? Um, and Louis and Anderson is like the mom. Louis Anderson, <laughs> yeah. oh dude, yeah, that's like one of my favorite like characters I've ever seen someone play. Because right. he does what it so well. Like, yeah. yeah, no, you you have to like I, yeah. I okay. I'm going crazy. You have yeah. to watch. I've never so even. Good. I don't know how I haven't heard of it. I, yeah. I don't it, know. it is it is really weird, but. Uh, um, is it like Zach Galifianakis kind of humor, or is it like? Yeah, well, originally it was Zach and uh, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and uh, I think they dropped Louis C.K. after the allegations and everything. Yeah, not the yeah, allegations, right. but him actually physically jerking off in front of everybody. Yeah, right. uh, and now it's just I saw the the next season is just Zach Galifianakis, which is mm-hmm. cool. Oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, the first couple you watch them and you're like, oh, Zach wrote this scene, Louis wrote this scene, uh-huh. um, right? But then toward they kind of like melded together. But it's just it's. It, it's as long as you're on board for a weird comedy, it's so good. All right, yeah, right. I'll check that out. I got a list. Now. It's not really based on his life, though, is it? Is it? No, it's, it's no, way no, too no. weird for it to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just ridiculous. He's a he's a 
he failed out of like clown college and became like a rodeo clown. <laughs> and it's just it, what I love about it is it doesn't spend any time trying to like make that real. It right. just goes around and like it really just examines like all these weird characters. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially it's an, a practice in how weird can we make these characters, uh-huh. but still keep them grounded in real life. Totally, like at the end yeah. of the day, you're like. I can imagine that person exists. Yeah. Right. I think we can probably yeah, get, get into the takeaway. Get into the Unless takeaway. Any, oh, yeah. Uh, heated we, opinions. What's your favorite cereal? Favorite cereal? We, uh, we talk about cereal on this podcast. I have we very have, strong, yeah. we have strong opinions about cereal. I don't eat a lot of cereal anymore because uh, <laughs> I love it so much I had to stop. Like, it'll ruin <laughs> my really? life. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been having that effect it's on me. It's an endless pit. Yeah, yeah it's, you're right. It's, if I buy cereal, it's a slippery slope of like, all right, now I'm eating cereal. I've had four bowls of cereal. I'm smoking <laughs> weed all day and I haven't done anything because cereal is just cereal like my gateway. Cereal to, pr- kills productivity. Cereal is my gateway to being the piece of shit I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not a sustainable diet, as I can attest to from right. my recent experiences. You don't feel good if all you eat is cereal, cereal for yeah, several right. days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we're gonna get favorite cereal. Oh, oh, do you have a favorite cereal? Yeah. Oh man, I'm feeling uh, fruity pebbles right now. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's a bold statement. Yeah, I like yeah. I like I fruity pebbles. Chocolate pebble, chocolate, chocolate, cocoa no, pebbles, cocoa pebbles, chocolate pebbles. I, I I've gone back yeah. and forth. Sometimes I'm feeling I love fruity cocoa pebbles, pebbles too. Cocoa pebbles. Yeah. Yeah. I go back and forth like you said. Yeah, the right. pebbles are good. Sometimes if you get yeah. them at Fred Meyer, overpriced because they're like these tiny boxes. <laughs> they charge yeah. you way too much. Get them at grocery outlet. I do the bulk. Like yeah. the bags. Ooh, yeah. It's always like off brand. Yeah. Off brand yeah. fruity pebbles I don't still need pretty off good. Brand. Yeah. Oh, I did buy uh I'll always stop by that like uh this is all this stuff's all fucked up, so it's fifty percent off. Right. Yeah. Just like get a busted up box of like onion <laughs> <laughs> crunch. I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah steal yeah. that. Oh man, they've had they've had five dollar double size boxes of Captain Crunch at a uh, grocery outlet dip just down the street for months. Months really? they've had Captain Crunch. I've had an endless fountain my life. Endless supply of Captain Crunch. Yeah. So gonna kill your productivity. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the takeaway. I don't. Did you? Did, I did not you explain. The All right. Takeaway. So this is uh, if somebody just for some reason fast forwarded to this part of the podcast, uh, only listen to this part, and you could leave them with one thing. What would that one thing be? Oh Jesus, man! I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a long. Yeah, this has been an hour and a half. Well, like, well people, it doesn't. It doesn't have to tie back. Like most people, just give like their their most helpful piece of advice. Uh, some people just waste the opportunity to say yeah. something meaningful. Yeah. But it's Some up to you. Or it can just be a joke. Some give me your favorite, whatever. Well, man, I feel like I've said, a, I've worked hard to say a lot of meaningful things. At this <laughs> you point. have, yeah. Uh, you boil it down. I mean, uh, no, you guys don't get anything. Shit, yeah. that's, yeah, the the take, worst, yeah. that's the Sorry, worst. That's the worst one. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, general advice for anyone. I don't think I'm the person who should be giving advice. I mean, uh, there's a lot of comedians listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's right, a lot of guys. suck members out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> to, uh, but uh, yeah, you got to decide. I'll, you know, I'll make this all encompassing. You want to do something creative. You want to do something. I will say, uh, do as much as possible. That's something uh, that I've recently started doing is uh, if you want to do comedy, and this is just uh, uh, something I picked up, is uh, you can't just do – I mean, you, you can do whatever you want. But I find that uh, creativity, with a tap into creativity, uh, your creativity, is you have to kind of foster it. And an important way of doing that is find different routes. Because I don't know if anyone else thinks like I do, but a lot of times I'll just get – crazy 
ideas will pop into my head. I'm like, that's funny, but it, you know, maybe it doesn't work as stand up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stand up comics, I think, will just throw ideas out. Write it all down. It can be stand up. It can be, you know, I encourage people to like draw, you know, maybe a cartoon. Right. You know, do a just do enough creative creative things or anything. Oh, I've just been rambling until I figured out the point. Now I got it. Here we Perfect. go. I'll uh, cut this part out. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be good at something, start it now. It doesn't have to be good in 10 years. If you start it now in 10 years, it will probably be very good. Right. So I think a lot of people say they want to do something and they just never get around to it. And uh, it's one of those things where I've recently realized, like, I wanted to be good at stand-up. And mm-hmm. I told myself... That's the only thing I can work on because that's what I really want to be good at. And I realize stand-up doesn't take up 100% of my time. So right. I do stand-up. I can draw. I like to draw. So I just am trying to do that. I'm no good at it, but you know, eventually maybe I will be. Right. Um, just creative projects. I like to write. Uh, and I'm not that good at it, but eventually I think I will be kind of thing. So make sure you give yourself room to have kind of like that creative. Not everything has to be funny if you're a comedian. My journal, I, I do like journal essays, and a lot of times those are very serious um, but just give yourself a little room. Give yourself more than one uh, avenue of creativity is, I guess, what I would right. say. Cool. Awesome. That's yeah. great. That didn't make uh, any sense. No, no, no it, it made a lot of sense. sense. It, made it was sense. great. It circled back. Uh, uh, so any plugs? plugs? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I have a podcast to do with Chase Myers, which is called DocuCommentary. Um, it's on, I mean, you can find it through my social media, but it's on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, throw episodes on YouTube if you want. But the premise is basically, um, we meet up after shows, we watch a documentary and we comment along with it. So if, uh, you ever want to watch a documentary, but you don't think you want, you're in the mood for something funny, throw right. a documentary with it. Or maybe, uh, <laughs> I always, I'll, ex- <laughs> he, he's, he's trying to make me stop, but I'll just be like, my, my pitch is like, I know you're sad. You don't want to be alone. <laughs> it's like, we're with you watching the documentary. Um, but yeah, check those out. Those are fun. We're going to do some live ones coming up. Um, but we're still choosing between venues. Uh, so yeah, if you're in Seattle, come and check those out for sure. Um, also check out my website, travisnelsoncomedy.com. I, uh, I have a lot of stuff on there. I do journals and cartoons, which are all just like fun things I throw up. I'm not making money off of them, but if you want to check them out, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, check out my YouTube channel, just Travis Nelson comedy. I have a bunch of, uh, videos I do. Uh, I, I did like a sketch show I was trying to do for a minute and, uh, <laughs> And it didn't work out because the scheduling didn't, but uh, right, it's yeah. on YouTube if you want to see it. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything else? Eh, check me out, guys. Uh, at Travis is joking on Twitter and Instagram. Be my friend. Uh, let's be family. Let's do that. Let's do it. Cool. What do you got, Kevin? Uh, just my Twitter handle, K underscore Hoog. What else do I usually plug? That's that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all for now. At John Lee 271 That's my only plug. Listen to this podcast. That's yeah. it. If you're listening, you're already listening to it, but keep listening to it. Yeah. We'll give you more yeah. content. Thanks for being on the show, Travis. <laughs> Thank oh, you yeah. so much. Yeah, it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah. We're done. Let's we're, get out of here. Good. Hit, good. That, hit, hit that button. Thanks for listening to the process. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, be sure to go ahead and click subscribe uh, on any of your favorite podcasting apps, any or all of them, or at soundcloud.com slash the process John Kevin. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the process John Kevin or contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the process. Uh, then join us anything? next week. We probably, have, we'll probably have a bonus we'll episode. Have a bonus episode next week. Just check it out. Just check. We don't know what it is, but well, we probably kinda, do. But it could change something to that. Something of that nature. All Bye. right. See ya. <laughs>